Yeah, we didn't get this gold. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> <Feel silly. laughs> what I said was. Can we redo that? Yeah. Um, Pause for the edit. I'm going to take that joke back. We're going to do it again. <laughs> <laughs> so, last time, it was mainly a shopping episode. A lot of books were purchased. A lot of uh, research was proposed, but never attended to. Hasn't been attended to yet. Um, you were... The, the trail to Bronco's house was sort of reignited. Um, it seems that he... Who's Bronco again? Bronco is the wizard friend of Rishal, who lives outside of Waterdeep on the outskirts of the Ardeep Forest. And many sessions ago, when Yuri was in the bookshop looking for some wizard supplies, uh, Rishal said that if if you all would go and recover some books that Bronco's been um, wanting to either sell or return to Rishal, you're not sure, that uh, he would pay you for it and um, or, or like make a trade for those materials for Yuri. So there's a job to go pick up some books from Bronco that's been in the air for a while. But now it seems like Bronco's area of research overlaps pretty significantly with the stuff you all are getting yourselves into and he might be a good person to talk to to get more information on just exactly what it is you guys are getting yourselves into. To be a little more specific, you all have been getting uh, interested in topics that have to do with resurrection and soul trapping due to uh, the nature of Primara being cursed. And though you don't know it yet, Chuck's mysterious partial resurrection. Um, There's also been a lot of mention of planar convergence. This ties to Julian and Father Lindsay, uh, but it also seems to connect to Angelina's vision, as well as potentially whatever you all encountered in the Blue Alley. Seems like Planes are converging, and that Bronco researches this. Um, you also wanted to carry out research into the RD forest, forest itself, which is where the Crypts of the Deepening Moon are located. The Crypts of the Deepening Moon are the location where Silver Star Hammer, the priest, warrior priest of Saloon, went. A little over a 10 day ago to investigate some weird shit going on in the forest and in those crypts. Uh, there's been a few other things that have happened to basically create a sense of synchronicity around the crypts of the moon. There was uh, a dream that Chapa experienced while whilst in prison that showed a vision of Silver Star Hammer. Um, Angelina's vision in which she saw the party going to a set of elven runes in a forest and then seeing the 
un- unclear if he was dead or unconscious uh, form of Izzy Hammer only builds in the sense that something is waiting for you in the Arby Forest, in the crypts of the Deep Moon, and you have in fact been given an adventure, given a mission by the House of the Moon, the Church of Saloon, <laughs> to uh, go and investigate this further. Um, furthermore, this endeavor has been identified as a potential trap because it seems that on, in some way the goddess Shar, Saloon's eternal enemy, is uh, at work. And what is strange is that Shar generally tries to keep her intentions and her machinations secret. So the fact that there is something identifiable here has led Giselle, the high priestess of the Church of Saloon, to think that maybe this is some sort of limited hangout. So there's a lot. There's a lot on the table, and it's uh, it's complex, interwoven, and confusing. You're also still trying to figure out how you could free Primara the Unicorn, and whether or not she has a role to play in all this. You're also trying to raise some moon plants. You're also trying to name your various weapons that you just purchased. <laughs> You're also trying to smart, start a small business, keep a soup kitchen going. <clears throat> You've got so much going on. There's a lot on the table. And you're going to have to make some choices about what you choose to follow and what you choose to let fall away. Um, I'm just making sure I've got all of this. In is this in Discord? Or? Um, it is in the Waterdeep Weirdos Google Docs. Right. Um, we established that one of the topics that um, the person we're going to go see on the edge of the Ardeep Forest Bronco. Bronco, Bronco knows about is Cordorje. Is that correct? Yes. Okay. It seems that, uh, well, it seems you, you don't have confirmation, but it seems aspects of his research might, might help you get some information. You have to go see Bronco to see what Bronco knows. But Rashal indicated that, yeah. You might know something. Some other loose ends that I have listed include the Hornet's Nest fighting ring for Bang Bang and the Mask for Cosmo. Um... Finish returning the gifts of Erroneous and Ponyo, but obviously we have to rescue Easy Hammer before that. Find Gloria, or what happened to Gloria. And then the last loose end that I still have listed is Frog. Frog, frog, frog. Yeah, mm. like it sneaked out one by us. He's still out there. He's so there's, there's a lot of loose ends. There's a doppelganger. A couple loose ends that I could add. Yeah. Um, I need to find Syl. We need to fight the worm to give Syl a home. Um, 
Sill is Sill um, is father nephew of nephew. Father Lindsay, yeah. And um, once we do that, then I can get a chalice or goblet. Um, yes. For you are also on a mission from God, <laughs> as it were, um, or at the very least, which one? God. Right. So you need to retrieve a chalice from where? No. No. I, I need to uh, fight the worm in the mountain so Syl can live there. And then uh, once I do that, Father Lindsay will give me the chalice. You could also just steal the chalice. That's always an option, but it would be hard. Or I could steal it. I just need a. I need to acquire the chalice. Yeah. And what does the chalice do? It needs to go to Tamora. I'm not above table. Julian's not. Doesn't know. <laughs> Dude, like that. The, the the very nature of that artifact. I'm sorry if I'm divulging too much. Do you want me to? I just remember off? that Father Lindsay used it. It has healing powers. Yeah. It has healing properties. I guess my question is more, why does Julian want it? Yeah. Julian wants it because the um, the possessor of Newt, um, whenever Newt animates to a different character, um, is Brando, who's the like demigod that the swamp kind of worships. Okay. Hi. Um... And Brando has sent Julian on a mission to get the chalice so Brando can give it to Tamora. And that's all I know. Yeah. Brando's important to Athens. Brando has taken an interest in Julian and asked Julian to retrieve this chalice because Tamora asked Brando to retrieve this chalice. Okay. And what Tamora wants with this chalice is uncertain. Well, it's like his personality. Please recap who Father Lindsay is. Yes. (laughs) This is good. There's there's so much there's so much lore in this game, and um, I have you know I I have I have a propensity to make things complicated, and part of that. Just like the lore, how things interlock. Part of that is just because I can't help myself, but part of it is because I like to see what threads are interesting to all pick up. And the more stuff I put on the table, the more that gives me to play around with. And the I like to create a game in which you can't do everything so that things will happen that are out of your control. Yeah. That's not huh. something I appreciate. Okay. Yeah. Well, well I think that stresses everybody at the table. I like it. Just remember <laughs> that if if we we can always we can always veer hard left and you guys can just run the hooting loop, and the world can go on with its problems and you guys can just run the hooting. Can we just That's make this not- our utopian escape from like the everyday hell that we live in? It could totally be that. I don't know. There's a circus performer in the thong coming for us. <laughs> Um, when isn't there? Yeah, these, these are always options. You know, we're uh, it bears it bears repeating always that like this is our game, and that if we're going in a direct, if I'm taking us in a direction that's like that feels stressful and I don't want to do it, sure. take yourself in a direction that doesn't feel stressful. Okay, idea. I have a dream what about if we that figure out how to 
levitate the hooting meat into the sky. Whoa. And then that's our like business tourism thing is that you get to stay at the B and B in the sky. Airbnb. Airbnb. It's the Airbnb. (laughs) (laughs) Well, somehow, like, a whole castle's going to end up on top of the mountain, so that could be very inspiring to us. But, you know, like, in Super Smash Bros, that level that they're like... Oh, yeah. Hyrule Castle? Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, That's what I'm thinking. Earth modes are a thing in this world. Okay, well... Earth modes are that. Great. Sure. And an avatar. So just like let it sizzle if we get, you know, floating on. I like that. Um, um, long term. You had a question. Yeah. Father Lindsay, I mean, Father Lindsay is an emerald What is the connection? The connection is that Julian grew up in a somewhat cultish community, the charismatic leader of which was Father Lindsay. And for all of Julian's life, uh, this figure of Father Lindsay was somewhat um, mysterious, mm. and when Julian disappeared and was pulled away from Julian the party... Julian had rose-colored glasses for him. Yes. Okay. Uh, when Julian was pulled away, yeah. that encounter led to the revelation of who exactly Father Lindsay was, okay. and what we know about Father Lindsay at this point is that he is an emerald dragon... His nephew is living at home, and he wants to get him out of the house. <laughs> he is studying the plane He's studying planar convergences as well. Okay. So his interests align somewhat with the direction you all are traveling. And nobody in the cult community knows that he's a dragon. He just looks like a halfling. So Julian has some leverage over him. I see. Um, you also, also know that... Emo phase because of it. You also know that as... As with all dragons, he has a horde, and part of that horde contains the Chalice of Labellus, which is an artifact, a relic, that is of interest to Tamora. The Chalice Tamora, of Labellus. is also the Mara of Melon War Dragon. Okay. What's the chalice called again? The Chalice of Labellus. Labellus. And that's where you went back to this one. L.A. Yeah, yeah. you arrived, that's where I had dropped it off to. I ran down the sewers because I thought I saw Newt, and then it transported me somewhere. Okay, our open quests are Refurbish the Hooting Newt, current status. Um, you do remind you that carpenters are due to arrive at the beginning of the <clears throat> next 10 days to start work. I still think there's that's that's somebody we yes. can pay that's to like do this faster. 500 gold, and then we're going to need to acquire guild licenses, and then we're up and running. We need to retrieve books for Rashal by traveling to Bronco outside Waterdeep at the edge of the Ardeep Forest. The Hornet's Nest Fighting Ring, Ask for Cosmo. Um, that's like a side quest that Bang Bang got. Um, that one's uh, <laughs> probably not. We can also happening. start to press on the gas through well, some of these things. We've been, we've been going don't at a very it. luxurious and indulgent <laughs> pace, mm-hmm. taking entire sessions to do shopping quests, for example, <laughs> to like, go check in on that one NPC we all love. Mm-hmm. I love doing all this. If this is the game we want to play, this is the game we're playing. But we can always step on the gas, check off some boxes so you guys can really feel a sense of progress and moving towards a goal. It's always an option. 
you always have that within your control. You just tell Maybe me what you want Maybe we can have, like, a team meeting sometime this week. Check in. To, like, prioritize our mm-hmm. things. That all sounds good to me, and also there's also the Feywild. <laughs> there's also I believe the we request so the many. The, believe me, the Feywild. Want to go there? Feywild is there. <clears throat> at the end of the month, like is that what we determined at the portal opens? <laughs> that is what we believe. What are we doing with Feywilds again? Just. Just check well, it out. you know that Eronia was there. Yeah, we're, for one, we're going to want to go to Eronia. Yeah, and we is... found the statue that... You know that Primara... <clears throat> right. Originally, Primara. in her unicorn form, is from the Feywild. Right. Mm-hmm. There are significant ties to the Feywild for you... I've got some trauma. Has or, Primara asked uh, to go to the Feywild? Primara has asked to be free. Right. right. That's But that's it. Oh, selfish. It's just uh, the screaming yeah. when you... Yeah, there's... I, I guess, you know, hello. Sorry. <laughs> no, no, no. I feel like we're getting we're we're getting to the point where the, there's there's a lot we can delve into right yeah. now. Just wasn't and I want to give uh, I want to give Nico a little recap so we remember where we are in the game right now. And if we want to start asking questions, well, I'll say this above tables. Primara is very confused, okay. and based on all of your interactions with her. There is a, a growing sense that something about the curse she is trapped within um, is influencing her ability to remember things and make sense of her situation. So, is her curse ADHD? <laughs> <laughs> Just ADHD <laughs> immortally? No, it's a long time. Celestial not, not a timeline to get through. Oh my god! Wasn't that black time? It's probably what it feels in like. Vision. It's only been there five minutes. There was a black gem in Lena's vision. It was not the same gem no, as definitely, you know definitely, definitely not. Well, you don't know for a fact, but it's you don't know maybe for a fact. Which is a the same kind of magic. There's de- they definitely rhyme. They definitely rhyme. They definitely rhyme. Mm. George. Hmm. Huh. I'm going to try to be better with timeliness, everybody. I'm really sorry. <laughs> I'm always late. It's okay. Um, Our and then waking up is really hard for me. We can, yeah. always, we can always find a better time to start that it doesn't feel like we're rushing to get here, too. I know that you work Saturday nights. So. should be fine. It's just like I, <laughs> I don't eat dinner until like 3 a.m. and then I like no, this fall makes, asleep by this 4. Makes, this right? makes sense. This makes sense. If you're going to sleep at 4, getting up to come somewhere at noon is difficult. We can always start a little bit later. I'm happy to be here. Um, all right. Yeah. Yeah. I've already said some above table things. There's a lot of loose, a lot of loose ends. Um, but for this moment, you all did a lot of shopping last time. Rashal sold you several oh, yeah. books for further research and inquired about whether you'd be able to visit his friend Bronco soon. Bronco's research, it seems, overlaps with things of interest to your own blossoming adventures. Julian visited Fala at Coralon's Crown and gave them a sample of moon moths to look after, and they are now engaged in a friendly botanical inquiry into its nature and properties. Yuri and Rumble visited Tally the carpenter and bought some exquisite weaponry, uh, which you all can still name. Um, you went to Thort's findings and dropped some serious gold on magical items before visiting a gem shop called Basic Horse and a magic item shop called The Expanse. You did some further shopping here. 
Bang Bang visited your nimble right friend, Nim, at the House of Inspired Hands and learned that Nim wants to leave, not a loose end, his pseudo-prison and believes there is a way to accomplish this. Answers to that question. Uncertain. Perhaps Gloria, somewhere in Neverwinter, might know. Proto went into the sewers and there confronted the same group of drow you encountered in the Vault of Dragons, the same group of drow who work for Zardoz Zor. They were just about to surface behind the bent nail when Proto launched a surprise attack. The bent nail, Francesca, is one of the shops in the in Troll Skull Alley, near where the party lives. Um, they were just about to surface behind the bent nail when Proto launched a surprise attack. After a scuffle that stretched out over an hour, thanks to some magical trickery from Proto, your friend was knocked unconscious and their location remains unknown. Julian and Rumble returned to the Hooting Newt first, where they found a note nailed to the porch door, as well as a destroyed bag of holding that once belonged to Proto, and that served as the uh, stand-in, the decoy trigger, for when you were making your escape from the Vault of Dragons. A brief investigation confirmed a bloody encounter happened behind the bent nail, and Tally mentioned a City Watch guard told him to get back in his house, and that all was well. We resume. As night is falling, you are all poised to enter the sewers in apparent pursuit of your friend. What would you like to do? All right, I think we should try to see... Uh, we'll need to move quick to see if we can pick up any tracks and get Proto back. Uh, I think we still want to leave for the Ardeep Forest as soon as possible, hopefully tomorrow. So, um, I think now or never, folks. Agreed. Following your lead, Papa Choppa. Very good. So, who's going into the sewers? Well, Yuri, keep an eye out. Be vigilant. And Choppa is going to give him vigilant blessing. Advantage on your next initiative roll. Perhaps, perhaps I lead the way. No, the sewers left the back of my ball. until the next... Dawn, or until you cast that spell again. Or until you roll initiative. Hell yeah. Um, so, so the real time. time. Oh, oh my god, god. I'm like, why are my palms clammy? I think that's a great idea, Rumble. Um, your stinkiness and perceptiveness could definitely come in advantage. Stinkiness? Uh, I said sneakiness. <laughs> <laughs> We're in a sewer. I'll have you know. I We're in a sewer, well so good. you'll blend right in. Um... <laughs> I'm sorry, remind me, who here does not have dark vision? Nobody else. You 60 feet ahead. Yep, bang, bang. Um, Beating not with you yet. <clears throat> oh, yes. I wonder if Lena can see in the dark. That's right. Um, okay, so I'm going to give um, whatever it's called Eyes of Night to Julian, Bang Bang, and Yuri. So your dark vision is extended 300 feet now. Super dark vision. Um, 300 have, feet for the world. So D&D is like infinite. Here, so you need some glasses. <laughs> Better or worse? Better or worse? <laughs> Good. Okay. Um, I'm time. I'm literally time. <laughs> uh, yes. So perhaps Rumble, you scout ahead. Perhaps... Right. 60 feet ahead of the rest of us, and um, 
we'll, I'll be watching you and just hold your hand up if you want us to stop or, you know, exactly, yeah. Um, quick, run through your hand signs. Yes. Uh, and uh, uh, we take uh, 60 uh, seconds to make sure we both are on the same page about all the hand signals. Yeah. Yes. And then <laughs> and do them all. Just put your hands together. Don't forget. So you all go into the sewers? Yes, we do it. Hell yeah. You're in the sewers. You're keeping watch. It is dank and musty. Little drips of condensation fall around you. And a river of raw sewage runs down the middle of this tunnel. Who would like to make a survival check to try and pursue? I um, also or aid. Yeah, yeah. You can. Uh, you can. If somebody's proficient, they can help Rumble and give advantage. Or you can just guide and can go. I will. Do... A survival for chat. Sorry for. Tracking? tracking, tracking, and we're tracking the. You're trying to follow the. Uh, tra- you're, you assume that the uh, people who took Proto, you actually at this point I would say your characters don't know that yeah. it sees drought, sure. but you yeah. do know that Proto was attacked it seems and taken down. Into the uh, <laughs> advantage on survival checks to track my favorite enemies. Humanoids are my favorite enemies. These would be humans. Okay, so then maybe I'll make a separate role rather than... Yeah, do you want to do something differently? Um, yeah, I'm going... Well, actually, what I'm going to do is cast seeing visibility on myself because we have we keep getting sneaked up upon. Good idea. So I, I can also see ethereal creatures um, and on the ethereal game. And then I'm going to cast uh, guidance on myself. Okay. Um, are you making a check? Yes. What kind of check? Survive, also. Was uh, my thought, but I can if, do something else if you I'm want. Gonna, I'm going to take his and I'm going to take yours. Okay. Uh, only yeah, humans yeah, and dwarves. Humans and dwarves are my favorite humanoids. Okay. So, uh, oh, in that case, I'll just aid him and okay. give him guidance. Okay. Good luck, but I'll still cast him. Crouch down. Make Start. a perception check for me mm-hmm. after this. And guidance. Eleven. Plus four. Eighteen. That's fourteen. This, uh, Did you want me to make a check to aid, or do I just aid? Uh, if you give the help, you're basically giving the help mm-hmm. action, which grants advantage. Okay, but I don't need to make a check goals. for that. No. Okay. Yeah. So I'm just helping you. So you advantage. Have, you had advantage on that roll. Yeah. Okay. So you can roll twice and take higher. Okay. Uh, I don't roll the guidance twice. I would say if you've already rolled just the guidance, roll. just keep that number and add okay. it to the higher. Advantage. Okay. Eleven or nine. Okay. Nineteen. 19 total. Um, so you start to poke around underneath this uh, ladder where you all descended from. Um, you do make out some signs of this. Again, like you find a few little bits of blood spatter. You also make out um, there are some bolts, like crossbow bolts, that seem to have ricocheted off of the wall and fallen here. Mm-hmm. You recognize them to be the ones that Proto would have used. What's interesting is that um, it seems like they were shot in the direction of this ladder. Mm. Uh, as though Proto... You, you get the sense that Proto wasn't uh, attacked, but rather Proto was doing the attacking on somebody who was trying to go out. Hmm. 
Um, a, little, a little confusing and strange. You also, as you kind of move in that direction, so kind of following the directionality of where those bolts would come from, you hop across this little stream of sewage and you make your way down this tunnel and you find uh, nicks in the stonework that remind you of, well, bullet holes. When you notice this, I'd like everyone to make a, an insight check to see if you can start to piece together the dots here. Twenty-two. Seven. Yeah. Anyone who rolled above a ten, the only people that you've seen wield guns are the drow. You wonder what could have used these guns. No, I don't know. Think, think for a moment. <laughs> what could make these holes? Uh, thanks to Chopper's fancy new shield. And quite glorious. I have an advantage on your section checks. Oh, advantage. Sentinel shield. 20. Uh, you do not see any invisible creatures. Nor do you see anything pursuing you in the border of the earth. Good to know. Can you right. investigate just like the bullet? Make an investigation check. What are you trying to bolts? determine? Um, which direction? Did they move in after the. This will, this, will, this will link in. I'm going to say that the survival check sort of sends you off in a direction. Okay. After a little bit of tra- travel, you come to a rotunda, a room in which several channels of the sewer <laughs> converge. And from there, the trail starts to become harder to follow. There's no more. There's no more blood spatter. There's no more blood spatter, and you don't see any signs of a fight. Here's where I want you to make an investigation check to see whether you can uh, find a direction. Yuri, allow Saloon to guide your eye to the right location. D four. Science check. Yes. Gives it the thumbs up. D four. Yeah. Okay. Green. That's fine. Thirty. Oh damn! <laughs> <laughs> you find you do see everything. on the ground, and thanks to this miraculous dark vision that you've been granted by your friend, um, Chapa comes up, and as you're kind of investigating, gives you a big hearty pat on the back that <laughs> knocks you onto your knees. And where you fall, you your face is kind of close to the ground, and you see another one of these splinters in the tunnel that leads south. A, tunnel, a splinter from Proto's partially wooden and metal body. I think I found something. Southwoods. I want to say, Bang Bang has been picking up all the splinters and keeping them safe. Sure. Mm-hmm. sure. Um, you continue on south, and uh, we're going to move quickly here. You make your way down through these tunnels, the path starts to go colder and colder as you go. You don't find any more splinters. The nature of this being a sewer, like every now and again, you'll see one clear footprint that's fairly fresh in the muck. But after you travel for an hour, two hours, you're crawling around in the dark. The invisibility is gone. Yeah. You're crawling around in the dark of these sewers for four hours. Damn. Jesus. Do the big snacks. And it's at that four hour period that 
with your very high investigation and your fairly high survival, Dark you're essentially you're essentially trying to find the path and you're trying to find ways to confirm that you're on the right path. Yeah. At a certain point, you lose the path. Mm-hmm. Dark vision and is gone too. Now. Dark vision is gone. It's very dark. Um, above ground, it is approaching. Probably, you're not you're not yet at midnight, but you're it's it's well and truly nighttime. You get the sense you're hungry, dark, dark. you're cold. Midnight You've been down in the sewers for a long time, and you aren't sure where this path is. What do you want to do? Do you want to surface, or do you want to try and make your way back? Would I know where? I do a story. I'll take a see like where in the city they sound like my navigation skills. Where we might be under. Yeah, make a separate survival check to see whether you've kind of kept your bearings. Is it a man proficiency? Sure. Uh, Less. Um, You gather that you're somewhere... You're somewhere... um, You started in the North Ward. You started traveling southward through the North Ward. At a certain point, you started going west into the area between, you guessed, the Sea Ward and the Castle Ward. Okay. And then at a certain point, you took another turn northward, and you're somewhere, you think, in the Sea Ward at this point, and the trail is cold. So you must have taken a wrong turn at Albuquerque. Damn. Where is Albuquerque? Is that in... Trade ward? Uh, edge, of, edge of the castle ward. Okay. Um, <laughs> what do you all think? Surface or double back? It's really dark in here, so. Um, yeah, we don't really know where we're going. Just well, gonna climb up on your net and let you lead the way. What? Net? Net? I heard it. You heard it, right? Climb up on your net. That's all. Things seem to be coming to an end. I think we could probably use a little bit more of the dark vision, so I'm going to. Expend a first level spell slot and reapply it to the same three people. Um, All right. Don't we have don't we have some magical item that reveals a path to where we're trying to go? You know what? That's a great idea, Rumble. Excellent point. Hmm. Let me uh, check mine. That one that happens when we use our brains together. We have two charges left. Oh, this is just to see if there's a trap around. That's the one of secrets, but um, it was something about clairvoyance. Yeah. Oh, I don't. I don't have that on my. Have been yet. It was a scroll. It was a scroll. We scroll. had the option. There was a scroll of finding the path that you did not take. Okay. Well, yeah. sure about that scroll. Yeah. Oh yeah, it's called clairvoyance in Skyrim. <laughs> right. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> um. Um. Well, hmm. we'll see if we've got any spells in my spell yeah, I'm at a loss. It feels like if we've been down here for four hours, yeah, this is they're probably not down here. The, we should the just growing sense, the growing sense. I will say at this point, you aren't sure when Sorodo was taken down into the sewers, but you know it was in the afternoon because you got back to the house sometime before, uh, like in in late afternoon, around mm-hmm. like three or four maybe, and you started to descend as things were getting dark. So at this point. Anywhere between six and eight hours could have elapsed 
since Proto was taken. Okay. Well, if we now know that it was the drow, uh, I believe we know who the drow work for, don't we? And so, He's ultimately, no. He's already left no. us a note, so... Exactly. We know who has done this. And... He's probably not going to kill Proto because it looks like he wants some sort of ransom situation. Surely he wants the treasure or as much of it as we have, but... Well, it's out of our hands now. It is. Not this... Not all of it. Um, But... I'm done standing around in this stinky sewer and I'm going up top for a bit of fresh air. Unless... There's something else anybody thinks we can do down here. Agreed. Unfortunately, no. Thank God. And um, he's going to go up top. You come above ground in Seaward. You are close to the Godcatcher statue, which is, and a little bit to the west of that, you are actually very close to the Spires of Morning and just south of the House of the Moon. Hmm. You're in Melshar Street, which is south of Jelthoon Street, north of Trader's Way. You're close to the market. Yeah. Close to the Halls of Justice, the like right Font of Knowledge, and the Blackstaff Tower. Do we need to visit the Black Staff or anything? It wasn't on our list of open quests. <laughs> what would you like to do? You come up. It is nighttime at this point, and it's very dark. It is a new moon, and streets are quiet, cold. It's um, a raw. Well. Even though it's not raining, there's just sort of slick wetness over all the cobbled streets, and you can see your breath in the air. I feel like we've got a busy day ahead of us. Yeah. And I don't know what to prioritize, but I know that sleep would do as well. We can assume we're being watched, correct? Yeah. Yeah. I would. would. And we can't find them. What if we find a way to set a trap? It's a great it's idea. A great idea. Bring, them to, bring them to us, take one hostage. We probably just need to go home and I don't know if we have wait any way for a minute. <laughs> yeah, I don't know if we have any way to get in with... Chavo wants to like look around to see if we're being watched right now. Well, just be aware they can disguise themselves. Well. Rolled an 18 and a 19 for 25. With the 25, you look around... Um, You don't see anyone watching you in the sense of, like, these drow. Uh, You have drawn the attention of a beggar who is kind of curled up in a corner under some tattered uh, clothes and was sort of in this alleyway station and noticed you all coming out of the sewers. But aside from that, We ask him if he's seen anything. I can inside check on this guy. Just make sure he's not John Wicking us. Is it Father Lindsay? 
Roll <laughs> re-roll. re-roll. Hey, thanks, Julian. Can I roll if it's a, a proficiency? Re-rolled a one. Uh, uh, you're just trying to read? Yeah. Roll. 24. 24. I'm not going to beat that. Uh, 22. 22. You both see... Uh, this man is getting on in years, balding, uh, seems to be clutching a bottle close under these rags, and when he sees you all emerge, there's an obvious curiosity, but he's also sort of pretending like he's asleep, and like, you know, you, you get the sense that he doesn't want any trouble, and that seeing people come out of the sewers is usually, like, they're bad customers. Mm-hmm. Um, people coming out of the sewers are usually coming from maybe Undermountain. They've been doing something that they didn't want to be taking place above ground in the streets. So you get the sense that he's trying not to get your attention. In fact, if it weren't for such a high perception, you probably wouldn't have noticed him curled up in his little shadow in this in this alleyway. Uh, but he doesn't seem to want to have any any issue or problem with you. Chapa is going to mutter a quick prayer for guidance and then approach him and toss him a copper piece and say, um, "You see him just sort of like pull it close." And Chapa nods at him and says, There's a silver piece for you if you can answer me honestly and forthrightly. Have you seen anybody else come out of that sewer grate tonight? What did they look like? Uh, no, no one, no one. Didn't see another soul come out of that sewer grate. Inside? Ken. Uh, I got a nap. 23. Tell him the truth. Tell him the truth. Fair enough. Thank you, sir. And he'll toss him a silver piece as well. Just takes it, nods, sort of pulls his blankets close around him. Have a good night, sir. And there's always a a bowl of hot soup for you at sundown at the Hooting Newt, Troll Skull Alley in the North Ward. Thank you. Yes. Um... Didn't know shit. Well, fucking very useless very waste of human life. Let's kill him. Did you sorry threaten him? I want my silver piece back. Here he cast fireball. So I still have the detector with me. Oh, shit. Oh. The noble right detector? Yeah. The noble right detector. I still have it with me. I couldn't. Does it um, work for all nimble rates? Except me. Except me. Okay. Mm-hmm. So okay. that it doesn't... Um, I would like to... Did you adjust it for nim as well or no? No, you didn't. You didn't. Nim could have done that, but I don't know about it. Yeah. Um, but we know that it could track on Proto. That's what we got it for. Cool. Huh. Well, no, it was for the other. Oh, you're right. right. Um, but um, does anyone have something that could muffle this? It's I'm going to so run to the bottom. You guys come up with what you're doing next. 
So as we are presumably going back towards the hooting newt, I would just like to have it active and see if Loud. we get yeah. any It's um, like an audible, like, it's oh. like, uh, he makes a beeping noise as it gets closer sort of thing. Um, I don't think we have to worry too much about it's, quieting it. It's quiet out, it's nighttime, we're going to attract attention. I'm pretty sure I remember it being, like, quite noticeable. I mean, okay. I'll pull out I can a cast sweater my, jacket or something. I mean, I can cast a veil of shadows. I could make a ball of ice around it. <laughs> well, <laughs> well um, a nice ball. Breaks. <laughs> or pass without trace. I wonder... A veil of shadows and silence radiates from you. Does that actually, like... It doesn't actually... It's not like a cone of silence, or a... Whatever. Si- area silence, of silence. Yeah. Um, but... <clears throat> hmm. Uh, so somebody wears a detector? I would. I think so. Yeah. Like two, as we start okay. heading back towards the hooting newt, it would be worth it to at least see if we. How, how does? How so does you're going to just make your way towards the hooting newt with the detector. Up. Yes. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. That's that's what we were planning before. Yeah. Sure. So this detector has a range of 500 feet. Yeah. <clears throat> Can we go out to the wall? Yeah, we could hop in the back so we just sort of like cover most of this area a little more effectively. Could do a little loop. I know 500 feet isn't that big, but like just more sort of like this. And I want to have it muffled with some cloth. Yeah, I'm going to say that there's, there's a functionality on it that you can like it doesn't need to always be like oh, that maximum. Okay. Like cool. you can you can turn it down and be a little more discreet. Oh great. That's perfect. So we can go it's got a vibrate mode. <laughs> Thanks, man. Put it right here against my trussy. Um we can go west down Trader's Way and then up down the street of the singing. You heard me. Street of the singing dolphin. Street of the singing dolphin and then cut over like on Ivory Street or something, or do you want to go further north? Um Street of Glances, perhaps. Yeah, we'll go up to Glances, Skulls, and then back down the high road towards Um So you start to make your way uh, northward up the street of dolphins. Um, the the detector the detector is silent until not long after the street of dolphins, you get a, um, a signature that seems to draw you westward. Following it. You find yourselves before the gates of the House of Inspired Hands, where Nin is, and where other creations of a symbol of similar nimble right fashion might exist. Um, without making an insight check, pretty sure it's you're pretty sure it's not Proto. Oh, it's not. You, can, you don't like to attune it to one particular. No, no. it just at this point, it's not that attenuated. Um, do you want to do anything here, or do you want to just continue going northward? Where would we find the drow? Ooh. Sea Maiden's Fair, out in the harbor, presumably. Make a history check. I have an idea. Everybody. Three. 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 Less than ten. Anyone who rolls over a fifteen remembers that the Sea Maiden's Fair 
is the name of the carnival. Oh. But that the... Um, Senior moment. It is comprised of three ships. There's the flagship, which you all visited. Well, not all of you, but some of you made a visit to in Deepwater Harbor called the Eyecatcher. But then there are two other ships that are in the dock ward. Anchored. Right. There's Zardoz's ship, right? Zardoz's ship is is the Eyecatcher, which is out in Deepwater Mm -hmm. Harbor. Then there's two other ships. Zardoz is a dragon. He can't get in. He was no, where he Sorry, was, no, was, yeah, was going to say dragons. Dragons. but do, he doesn't have the who has the, the dragon staff uh, Arnex or no, Arnex. Arnex. Yeah, Arnex. 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 yeah okay um, so hey we're not too far from the House of Moon the house other of two Moon are the Hellraiser and the Heartbreaker can help us. those are the other two ships the Hellraiser and the Heartbreaker okay which are um, anchored in in the harbor in the docks not in the deep water harbor does this have anything to do with the Dragon turtle thing. Yes, they had access to it, presumably, because that's how they tried to make their escape with the stone glory. But okay. we stopped them. Okay. Um, but they did escape, but we got the stone. Okay. Um, listen, while we're in this area, maybe we should go down to the House of the Moon and get Lena. I know she said she was done for the night, but feels like it would be more inclusive. Well, that was last, that was last night. It's been a whole day. Oh my god, I'm so tired. Well, it's actually after midnight too, so that was like two days ago. You're getting to the point where if you continue in this pursuit, you're going to start getting tired and having to make constitution saving throws to avoid exhaustion. Yeah, I'm just torn because I don't want to like abandon Proto, but also... I don't think it's abandoning. Can I see the note? No clues. I don't want to like waste time, but I also don't think like... A short rest is gonna like make a huge difference. Cause I think why would they hurt Proto if they want gold? I also think going home and setting a trap could be good. Yeah, I, I like that I agree. idea. Because yeah. if we're home, we can, we can assume that there's like a drow watching us at all times. Probably. At least our house. Yeah. So if we if we make it look like we all go to bed, doesn't someone have an ability to set a trap? Timer thing? No. No, was that something we didn't we get that. It was the no. chicken egg. We can thing. definitely figure something out. Though. Yeah. I mean, if we can bait them with something, right. whether it's gold or something the else. The thing is, want. we know they're invisible, so they could just enter in our house. Presumably. Presumably. Yes. We don't have windows. And we don't, yeah. Um, Although Freya could keep watch. I would have to stay awake for that. Right. But I could be in a trance. Yeah, you This is all maybe there. happening as we're walking you don't back sleep. towards yeah. the house. Yeah, I don't sleep. You, go, you have to trance for four hours at least, but that is different from all of the characters minus Bang Bang who need at least eight hours of concentrated rest, usually sleeping, to enjoy the long rest. You need four hours of trance, and then you can have four hours of downtime, essentially, where you're not doing anything else strenuous. Cool. Yes, so let's... Moment, go ahead. The moment we see a drow, if I'm, like, hidden, if we set a trap, all I gotta do is uh, freeze them, and then we can... Yeah, it's a big a gamble, because we have no windows and they're invisible, but... Yeah, especially if there's more than one of them, I can freeze multiple Maybe at once, you know. and then one of them is bound to fail, uh, right. a saving throw. Well, or do we just like <laughs> invite them somehow? Mm. Par- a parlay? That's not a bad idea. 
Because we already know there's going to be a fight. <sighs> I so. can also change sheep. Men like this don't aren't appeased. They want whatever they can take. And if we meet them to offer terms, they will take everything that they can Oh, I don't think we're going to offer terms. I just think we'll just confront the problem head on and get the battle over with. Yes, that does seem seem wise. Perhaps, as you said, setting some sort of an ambush. Um, Because we don't need to track them down if they're already watching us. They'll assume that we are hungry for vengeance. Retribution. For what they've done, and so perhaps we could perhaps try and so we could try and talk about a plan that is false plan. Exactly, uh, doing something predictable, and we have a secret backup plan, mm-hmm. appearing to act foolishly. So, are you going to go to the Hooting Newt now, or somewhere? Yes, else? we're going to the Hooting Newt. It sounds like. Yes. Unless anybody disagrees. No, I agree. Making your way from the House of Inspired Hands along the path you had set out, the signaler, the uh, the detector does not go off again. Um, you make it back to Trollspell Manor, and you find it as you left it in the early evening. Um, doors closed. I assume you locked it. Do we still have guards? There's, there, you, it's late at night at this point, so there's fewer people on the street, including City Watch. But you do notice that there are still, like, one or two, like, the, there is a concerted police presence around the Hooting Nude. It is a point of interest, and you get the sense, you're not sure for how long this is going to last, but the City Watch have taken notice that you all are attracting a lot of attention, so they watch you there's a good chance that they're going to catch some criminals. Yeah. And you get the sense that, like, there's there's maybe a combination of City Watch watching your house, people who you don't know watching your house, mm. these drow, as you know at some points they've been watching your house. Um, Disguised as City Watch. And in addition to that, there's just a, a ton of, like, beggars and street urchins and commoners who have taken interest in you all because of now the increase in notoriety from the newspaper articles of the day. I have two things. Um, do we recognize the police that are around our house? Uh, roll a perception check. Right now, there's, uh, you can make out two guards who are sort of standing kitty corner to the house and just chatting. Um, it's like an eight. An eight, uh, you don't recognize these specific guards, no. Okay. Um, and then where Julian was looking out the window and saw something, like when I first got back to the house. Yeah. Can I go look there? Where that figure was standing? Yes. Yeah. Uh, ten. You don't see anything of note? Um, it's actually not far from where these guards were. It's just like a few feet away. And it's a little kind of cranny between two, uh, two row houses. And you don't see anything there. There's a waste bin. Uh, as you approach, there's a noise and you get a little excited. Then a rat just scurries out from behind the bin and disappears into a shadow. Um, Rumble, can you come check over here with me? Um... 
Why? What, what do you think's up here? Well, a long time ago, I saw people watching us from this alleyway mm. corner thing. Yeah, I'll, I'll take a look around. Um, uh, make an investigation check. Yes, yeah, can I use my, I mean, can I use my gem of seeing? Sure. It gives are me true keeping, sight. Are you keeping track of the charges that it has? Mm-hmm. Cool. Yeah. Um, so you use true sight, you have it out to 120 feet, I think? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, you're not far from home. Yeah. And as you look around, roll an investigation check. Wow, I have a very bad miss. Uh, 12. With a 12, you don't see anything around where Julian is indicating. Mm. Um, the nature of this gem is strange. As you look through it, you are essentially seeing through invisibility, but you're also seeing into the border of Ethereal, which is a point. So you see everything that you see, but there's also just this sort of ghostly blue mist that hangs over everything, and you can sort of pick up, as you look back towards Troll Skull, you can see the, like, outline of Lyft moving through the house. Sure. Cool. I, I don't think I see anything. It's just dull, ethereal, misty, spooky, but no sign of any drow or spies watching us. All right. Thanks for your help. Yes. Well, it sounds like everybody is a little bit on edge, and I think we could do with a little bit of extra security for tonight. And for that matter, a place to discuss and talk where we know we won't be observed. So, mm-hmm. are we like back at Trosco? Everybody, come to the um, main floor and gather around me, very close, very tight. Um, and as a matter of fact, Liv, if you're here, you should come. Come as well and give me a little tell about my earlobe if you're here. A few seconds go by. If ten minutes haven't gone by, (laughs) I find him and I'm like, a few seconds. Are you well? I'm going to say that for this interaction, the time limit on that charge. Ten minutes. So yeah, Yeah, this would you guys did that little investigation. Ten minutes go by. Chop is calling this little audience, so your gem isn't up anymore. But you do see after a few seconds. Chair pulls out from one of the tables as though somebody has just sat in it. Very good. Um, and I'm going to, as a ritual, if we're ready to rest, or if anybody has more to do, but I'm going to cast Leoman's Tiny Hut as a ritual. Yeah. Or Chapa's Tiny Hut. Um, and a 10 foot radius of uh, immobile dome of force springs into existence around me. And above me, it looks like a turtle shell from the outside. Um, and uh, I can't leave the spell's area for eight hours. But uh, nine creatures of medium size or smaller can fit inside the dome with me. Um, creatures and objects within the dome, when I cast the spell, can move through it freely. All other creatures and objects are barred from passing through it. Spells and other magical effects can't extend through the dome or be cast through it. The atmosphere inside the space is comfortable and dry, regardless of the weather outside. Um, And I can choose the amount of lighting on the inside. So, uh, right now it's dimly lit. But our bedtime is in 15 minutes, so we'll be turning the lights out then. (laughs) Seven hours of sleep. Um, Are you going to take a long rest? Yeah. 
anything someone anyone's trying to accomplish before then? So I did think we should let Lena not meet us here in the morning. Yes, I did think. How are you going to do that? I'll do it with magic. So oh wait, no, I can't. Because I um, you can step outside. You can step outside. no, I can't. The oh, spell if, if, if it's a ritual. It's a. It's not concentration. No, it specifically says the spell fails. Um, the spell ends if you leave its area. Okay. And. Spells and other magical effects can't extend through the dome or be cast through it. So I could have cast sending to Lena beforehand. I'm going to say you can cast sending within this because it's not, you're not like casting an evocation spell. Right, I mean, that makes sense. It's not like affecting something. This is divinatory in nature, which is a little different. I guess my question though, what's stopping you from sending the proto? Oh, yeah, right. Well, only that he might be unconscious. Yeah. Um, we would know. We yeah. would. It's just a thought. Yeah, yeah no, that's a really good point. That's a really good point. Yeah. Can Proto, like, mind, mess, mind message you yeah. from afar? How far? No. There's, a, there's a range on there. Okay. So then... Yeah. Um, but Proto has message? True. Let's do that then. Um, I, mean, yeah. I can only <laughs> cast it once in terms of spell slots for today. But yeah, we can just pick Lena up in the morning. Yeah, or send a message or yeah. leave a note for her in the morning or whatever. Um, all right, I'm going to reach out. Um, and I cast sending. What do you say? And you're sending to Lena or to Proto. Okay. What do you say? Um, Report, we attempted to track, but lost you. Presume held by Zord. Where are you? Yeah, where are you? You good? You good, bro? You good? You come? Um, you come. <laughs> seven more words. Any information, location, tactics. Love you, bye. Love you. Bye. Uh, there's a pause. And then... It's dark. Not sure of location. Was unconscious. Came to on a boat. Damn it. You knew it. Super smart. Heard voices and commotion we're moving <laughs> it's dark you already said that damn it <laughs> oh God. the walls are metal it's my metal boat this is crazy or big belchie what if rumble and I transformed ourselves into drow and took you three prisoner and we infiltrated. Rumble, do the sewers drain to the harbor? 
Um, I mean, I would assume so. Can yeah. you get yeah. into the harbor from here? The... Gross. Well, yeah. Are you saying the deep water harbor? Like, they probably go to like the water's the sewers, edge and they just like there, dump. There are sewers that Can you drain... get to like the main water way so, from the sewers? The, um, the ship, the uh, eye catcher, is out here. Well, this is this is technically deep water harbor, but I don't think that this map doesn't function exactly how I want it to. Um, I'm going to say that this is the harbor proper. That's how my working understanding, and that there's a bigger range of influence. There are other ships that anchor kind of out in this territory, and that's deep water harbor. Um, there's still like a city influence here, but it is beyond the actual theoretical bounds of the city, which is like this. Like that's where the so that's why Zelopharn is able yeah. to exist out here, because he's not in the city. But, um, you know that the eye catcher is somewhere, like, in this territory. I really should have asked Aura next to burn his boat or something. Or Zelopharn. Like I said. I really should have asked Aura next. Yeah, we really missed out on asking Aura <laughs> really next really blew our shot on getting a good razor. <laughs> <laughs> bummed out about it. Um... I will remind you, sending is a powerful spell. Who that can talk to people and dragons alike. Can't cast it anymore today, though. Could if I had a pearl of power. I didn't buy that. So expensive. We had such a big shopping spree, and now we're just finding all of the uses for things that we were like, no. Um, Jack took those all from his list of about to be helpful items. Well, there's, there's, I mean, yeah, they're all items that are is situationally, situationally helpful, very yeah. helpful, and you're just happening to, I mean, pearls of power are always going to be useful, right? But like something that is has an alarm effect, when you need it, very useful. When you don't need it, totally it just sits in your bag for the rest of the campaign. Yeah. Um, I trust um, so, does anyone want to do anything before we smash that long rest up? I just want to see what our priorities are here. I mean, did you convey the sending response to us? I will also say that you get the yeah. sense that um, it was agreed upon. It was agreed upon that you would meet up at the House of the Moon on the sixteenth, right. and that would be the day that you depart for the RG with Lena. Right. So, if you aren't going to do that, you should at the very least go to the church or reach out to them to let them know that something else has happened. Right. Or perhaps ask for their help. Up to you. Like, as much as we've grown fond of our friend Projo, he's alive, probably in the water, and don't know if we'll have much luck finding him. And he said that he's moving currently. No. I think we should... And if he's on the eyecatcher somewhere, and the eyecatcher is moving, you're not sure what that means. Hmm. Damn. That could also mean it's our last shot of finding them before we could, get shipped off to Toll. Right. First thing in the morning, Chapa could um, cast sending to Zelophon and ask if he um, see. can see any of those three boats, see the Eyecatcher or the Scarlet Machina. Um, we've done him a favor. He might be inclined to at least reply. Uh, then we can head mm-hmm. immediately to the House of the Moon collect Lena for some assistance and hopefully um, launch a commando mission 
save Proto and still depart by the end of the day. Mm-hmm. It's worth a shot. Last, I remembered they couldn't. They were having trouble getting the Scarlet Mop enough functional. Is that right? That's Did I recall that correctly. Yeah. Or that's what they told us. They told us. Does that make sense to anybody? Does anybody have any other suggestions? Sounds great. It works for me. <laughs> um, are you good? Um. Okay, so Chapa is going to cast, or or did we rest? Are we have we rested? You yes. As long as you're okay, you've long rested. A long rest has happened. Great. Long. Chapa casts sending as soon as his daily preparations are done. Yeah. To Zelifarn. Yeah. And so says, um, oops, he says, um, humble greetings. <laughs> uh, he's like already in the, like, <laughs> leaving a message, so he's like, I'm just paying attention. No, I'm just like joking. <laughs> um, so, uh, companion proto kidnapped. Believe being held on eye catcher or Marpinoff. Any information <clears throat> on their location? On location? On location or otherwise? We are available for compensation. This is Choppa BT Dobbs. <laughs> Love you. <laughs> oh, little friend. You said ultra friend. This ship has departed with two others. Well, we, uh, did he 
he give us a location, or just in the in the harbor, flood from city watchmans? Yeah, so you know that Zelifarn's uh, current digs, current lair, is a it's in the harbor under water. Um, he's taken up residence in a sunken ship, and it's sort of positioned not too far away from where the eye catcher was. And based on this message, you get the sense that two other ships joined the Eyecatcher and left the harbor under cover of darkness, and that now, in the morning, City Watch ships are in the harbor, looking. Wow. While people are getting ready this morning, I was maybe thinking about trying to visit Agwam and see if he wants to come with us. Uh, do you go down into the dock wards to the Moon Rabbit Dojo? I take a dray. I want to get there as fast as I can. Mark off two copper and make your you make your way south. Does anyone want to go with Bang Bang exactly. to... It's the next day. Today is the 16th. We are on the 16th. Oh, wow. The new moon has passed. UK T-A-R. It's November. It's fantasy November. Sure. Fantasy November. How many months are there in a fantasy year? Oh, yeah. I'm not going with Bang Bang, but I am going to Paula's for a second. You're going to go to Fallas. You're going down to see Aguam. Is anyone going to go with Bang Bang? You're going to take any friends with you? No, go for it. No, bang, I just bang. want to do it quick. A Bang Bang job. Yeah. Like to... I don't know what he'll think of this. So um, It just feels like the moon's so tied up in this that Bang Bang's going to be like... You uh, you make your way down, and uh, it's still it's still relatively early in the morning. And as you approach the dojo, you see several things. Make a perception check. Oh boy! But he's getting a lot of signups, and he's not gonna want to leave the city. <laughs> um, Twenty-one. Like the Six. training home of Bang Bang, the construct. Um, so you don't see a lot of things. You walk straight up to the door, and it's only as you're kind of knocking on the front door that you sense around you figures. People that had just been sort of lounging on stoops nearby that you took no notice of now are moving towards you with intention. And as you finish knocking, you realize that the dojo has been graffiti. That um, one of the windows was broken and has since been sort of boarded over. That the graffiti is Zentarim-ish in nature. Goddamn (laughs) Zentarim. And (laughs) as you turn around... You see a few familiar figures. Mookie Plush. Mookie fucking Plush. Is it? Oh my god. 
You see, uh, hold on a second. Good thing I can do three punches now, too. <laughs> you see three people. What I learned with you. You see Reggie. The lizard folk uh, the one I tricked pirate the... who, yeah, the one that you uh, tricked and pantsed in front of a crowd <laughs> of onlookers at the Sleeping Snake. Uh, um, as well as Mookie Plush, the uh, braided-haired halfling who you got into a uh, a fighting ring with during Liar's Night at the Yawning Portal. And a figure that you don't recognize. A another halfling. Um hold on. Fuck. Uh this one seems to be wearing uh (laughs) Yeah, yeah, I know. (laughs) This one seems to be wearing the garb of a cook. Um sort of stained uh like chef's whites and like a pair of checkered pants. Um, these two halflings and this lizard folk kind of come up behind you, and Reggie says, Well, fucking well, look who decided to come back home. I'm going to need you to roll initiative. Oh, oh Jesus wow. Christ. This is where I live. Up. <laughs> 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 Eight. This is not my beautiful. I'm sorry we didn't come with you. Yeah. Fuck. <laughs> I really hope Bane Bane's doing okay. <laughs> oh, I'm sure they'll be back soon. <laughs> I really want to make them some muffins. They're just going to the to work out. Like it'll be fine. I love how dedicated. Oh, I forgot are. to give Bane Bane a muffin this morning. But uh, you three enjoy and take your three temporary hit points for the day. Bang Bang. Bing Bing does not need to eat, but they can cookie sort of cookie monster uh, a muffin into their mouth and receive the magical well. benefit. <laughs> That's so wasn't there a drow in the audience of your fight that was important? That was like... Do you remember what I'm talking about? I think it was or was an it elf. elf. Class shows up. <laughs> I think Mookie's boss is... No, it's the person who didn't like Mookie. Yeah. That was the elf. Sun speech. elf or something? The Dad of the Star Song. He's yeah. a sun elf. Which, uh, okay. He oh, and sun, his sun, bodyguard, who is named Yagra Stonefist, who's a half orc, um, okay. are like. So that's the suns. They're on the. Uh, they're also <laughs> involved in the Zentarine, but on the so, other side of the schism is Mookie Plush. Okay. Tall are the roofs next to me. That was a good recall. That was like this part of the dock ward. It's a lot of sort of shabby row houses that are all somewhere between twenty and thirty feet high, tightly built together. You're in a, like a. It's you're you're on the border of the dock ward and um, Mount Waterdeep, and. This area is very working class, very, uh, like, people keep their shit well attended to. It's not, like, a mess. Things aren't falling apart. But it is very, like, yeah, very tight and compact. Would it be fair to say that there are, like, things on the street next to the houses? Oh, yeah, there's, like, there's there's barrels, crates, things of that nature, fences uh, around some of the entrances to houses. The uh, the dojo itself 
you're in a small little like courtyard area, not a big one, maybe like just the size of this room here. So you're in front of the dojo, which actually, yeah, we'll use this as a kind of conceptual, this, this room is sort of the dimensions of the little courtyard space that you're in. That would be like the front wall of the dojo itself. And then you know, like as you go in, it kind of goes back deeper and it's, um, it's got an apartment above for Oglom. Um, great work-life balance. But as this combat breaks out, Reggie says what he says. And the moment that you sort of realize like, oh shit, it's going down. The door next to you bursts open. Oh yeah. And in a flurry of fur and legs, Agwam busts out. Oh yeah. And is first in initiative. Furry? Flurry of fury. What? Species is Agwam? Agwam is a Herringon. He's a rabbit person. Um, and it seems he's still in his morning robe as he comes out wielding, wielding in one hand a glowing scimitar and in the other a sick. Sick. And he's going to go for first and foremost the lizard who is, like, easiest to hit and, like, <clears throat> about to try and deck you. So he comes out. Oh, the first attack's gonna hit, I think. <laughs> yes. Easy fight. Hit. <laughs> I'm so, very excited about this. The second yeah. one is a miss. First comes the uh, scimitar, which he swings out. Make this guy and explode. makes clean contact across Reggie's chest, slicing his shirt, shirt open and going right to the sort of hard, scaly chest, which he splits, and blood starts to trickle out down Reggie's he chest. Shirts. He got shirts. Um, he is then going to sort of bring both of these weapons in close, come forward, and just give two, like, you can't even see the space between these two blows, but you know that two blows hit Reggie in a flurry. Um, spending a key point in the process. Um, one point of piercing damage. <laughs> one is going to hit, one is going to miss. <laughs> <laughs> his unarmed strikes are better than his weapons. I fucking love bugs. Um, I could cut you with this knife, or I could punch you so hard your head explodes. <laughs> One or the other. It's the bounce. Yeah. It increases the force. Right. Uh, punches Reggie and. going to spend another key point Reggie the lizard to force Reggie to make a constitution to not be stunned I'm just looking for that save force Reggie to make a constitution saving throw (laughs) 
which Reggie fails. So Reggie, after taking this punch to the chest, is just like paralyzed in place, rooted to the spot. Um, stunning strike. Stunning strike was effective. Um, Honestly, with how strong Aguam is, it might be. All right. Um, that was that was Aguam's go. Reggie is stunned. Next up, this chef is going to take. We're just going to say theater of the mind here. This chef is going to take a step back, but they were in melee with you. So you can take a uh, attack of opportunity if you'd like. Yes. And in fact, I think Ogwan is not going to. He's going to save his reaction for some other potential bullshit. Oh, does that? That's... Yeah, I'm still going to do it. Uh, does a 24 hit? 24 hits. Roll damage. Four. Uh, four damage. Um, this person is going to step back and start to conjure in their hand a bead of concentrated, glowing, like fiery energy. And is just going to say, get out of there, Mookie, as they like start to conjure this, uh, this spell in their hands, but they are holding their action for their friend to clear the way. Um, Jealous. I don't know how to wizard fight yet. Mookie is going to go is going to square up with you and make three unarmed strikes. Okay. What's your armor class? Ace is 15. They all hit. Um... So, you're going to take. I'm into it. 24 bludgeoning damage as three haymakers collide with your uh, construct body. And I'm going to ask you to make a. Dexterity saving throw. Nobody wants to wake up to this. Good morning. Nineteen. Um, that last blow, Mookie tries to sweep the leg to basically clean you out and make you go prone, but you very deftly hop over it, which Aguam sees and is like, nice. The karate kid of it all. And then is going to use... Nope, can't do that. It is going to try to back up behind this um, 
magic user, giving you another attack of opportunity. Aguan's also going to take an attack of opportunity on Mookie. Fifteen. That just misses. And Agua misses as well. As you both sort of try to swing out, but Mookie just sort of deftly bobs and weaves to avoid those blows. Um, with Mookie clear, I need you to make a dexterity saving throw as this wizard lets loose Fireball. No. Piece of shit. So, do the attacks of opportunity count as my reaction? Yes. Does that count as a projectile? Can you deflect the fireball uh, back? 19. Um, oh, that's actually a good point. You made, you already made an attack of opportunity when the wizard left, so you wouldn't have had one on Mookie anyways, but okay. with a miss, it doesn't matter. Yeah. Uh, 19, you said? Yeah. That is a success. But you're still going to take some damage as this fireball erupts in front of the dojo, disrupting the stillness of this otherwise peaceful morning. Can you deflect projectile on magical projectiles? This is not a projectile, this is an area of effect. You take... 14 damage, fire damage, which was half. Um, Aguang is going to take. Um, I know, I know, my man has a very high deck save. Aguang also succeeds, but is going to take 14. Just sort of like, very quickly goes into a whirling dervish. The speed of which sort of keeps the flame mostly at bay. Um, bang, bang, it is your turn. Um, is the Oh, wizard... Reggie got fucking annihilated. Um, <laughs> Reggie's dead. <laughs> oh, shit. Reggie just got incinerated. And you see the wizard who did the incinerating look at Reggie's charred body just tumble over, stunned, he couldn't get out of the way. And just go, yeah, he was sort of a nuisance. <laughs> Oh, uh, shit. <laughs> well, um, this morning. Who's this wizard? You don't know. Don't be his friend. This is the like rainbow. This is the like. He's not even on the NPC list. He's certainly. This is the wizard. Sort of curly auburn hair. This, like, in every sense, looks like this sort of jovial cook, like a little bit chubby. The guy from Ratatouille. Similar, yeah. similar, but not as like gangly. It's like you'd think he'd be friends with Chapo. Sorry, bang bang, your turn. Um, I want to step up to the chef. <laughs> Go for it. <laughs> they basically kiss the backed pot. up to the edge of this courtyard. So if you're there, they're here. You rush forward. Okay, but like within my regular movement speed, I've got forty feet. Um, yeah, yeah. Okay. You use twenty of it to get there. The dojo is on fire. The windows were just blown out. Similar thing to when your your home was attacked. This is the second time 
a fireball has destroyed a vitally important piece of architecture in your lives. <laughs> um, Why does this keep happening to me? Windows glass rains down, bang bang, as you make these steps forward, little bits of it. Time slows as you rush forward to make these attacks. Hell yeah. Okay. Um, 21. 21. That for sure hits. And um, remember that these count as magic for the purposes That's right. That's of right. nice. overcoming resistances and stuff. Um, 8 damage. 8 damage. Um, I'm going to use... First one hurt. They, you make like one punch and you realize like, oh, they're soft. <laughs> I'm going to use Flurry of Blows to take um, two more on our strikes. Go for it. Just marking up the key point here. Uh, 25 to hit. 25 hits. 9 damage. 9 damage. That punch connects cleanly with the jaw, and you just see several teeth scatter out and clatter on the stones. And another time. Uh, Twelve. Twelve hits. Hell yeah. Another nine damage. With that, you lift them off the ground and as they come back, they're still like just stumbling around on one leg and they have to like go to one knee to keep from going down entirely. They are hanging on by a thread. Okay, I'll take my second attack now. Nice. Uh, 25. 25 hits, roll damage. Four. Four. You roundhouse kick this person in the head and they just go sprawling across the ground. They're unconscious. Um, and as a bonus action, I get another unarmed strike. Is the next person next to me? Chicken The next, they're, they're both standing right next to each other. Mookie is there. Okay, cool. So I want to hit that other person. 24. That hits. Eight damage. Eight damage. You get Mookie with a clean punch to the chest. Uh, things had gone from like, yeah, we're really fucking getting them to Mookie's like, oh shit, oh shit. Um, and is like already like sort of distracted by their fallen companion, ready to try and you know react to that situation. But you get them in that moment of uncertainty with clean punch. Is there anything else you want to do? Um, I'm gonna use another Okay. Um, I, so we're up against the no, the dojo's on fire uh, the dojo's on fire Agwaram uh, is standing still by the front door where he busted out you've rushed forward and you are now in melee again with just Mookie at this point I think I'm done And also, my AC is 17 right now. Nice. Okay. Um. This is Mr. Glass. <laughs> 
on a Scott suit. Now spell it. Okay. Oh, so it is. Uh, it is Ogwam's turn. Ogwam is going to fucking deck Mookie. Yeah, is going to just with great speed in one hop from behind you, just like rush forward, feet just sort of like trailing an inch above the ground, but it's almost as though he's flying on the force of the jump. And is going to as as he goes, like before he jumped, you see him just uh, like stick both of his weapons into the ground almost to help propel himself forward, comes forward with a mighty punch. Is that one? One. I think this will be good. Uh, yes, that hits. Um, connects cleanly with Mookie. Um, that is first attack, second attack. Also going to hit. Also going to deal a nice chunk of damage. And is going to use bonus action for a third attack, which is also going to hit. Dealing max damage. Mookie's still standing and is going to pick up the body of their halfling friend, sling it over their shoulder, and is then going to use their action to sort of bob and weave to get out, and then is just going to book it up the street as fast as they can. They can do that while carrying something? They don't get very far, but they can do it. No attacks of opportunity. Uh, You do get an attack of opportunity. But as you go to hit, Pico is like, leave him, we've got other problems, and looks back to the uh, dojo behind. Um, fire is not my specialty, how do we? <laughs> uh, very quickly, you see Pico's, what Pico does is uh, hop straight up in the air about, let's, let's, let's do this properly. He can jump so fucking punches the fire. So um, <laughs> punches the fire. <laughs> punches the fire out. Uh, There's no air left. Exactly. Exactly. It's like a. It's a vacuum. It's like a mantis shrimp. <laughs> exactly. Cause cavitation. Yep. Yeah, he jumps twenty feet straight up. To get on top of the on top of the dojo itself, and just starts hollering further off into the city for like fire, 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 and very quickly you hear like some like the sound of an alarm further off in the city. Smoke starts to fill the sky. We're gonna kind of go quickly through this, but if you want to help. You can essentially take the next yeah, few minutes to. Water yeah, you see some people start to stumble out of their homes, especially the people in the next door row houses. That noise <laughs> woke them up, and people are like starting to pour onto the street. Very quickly, there's like a bucket br- brigade happening. The guild of mages and protectors sends a mage who starts to like 
cast water spells, you see like a a cart that has a huge like barrel of water on it come down the street, and the mage starts to like use that and manipulate it over all of the parts of the dojo that caught on fire. Um, this like that fight took place in the space of about ten seconds, and um, very very quickly you managed to smother this fire out. Damage has been dealt to the dojos. The windows have been destroyed. The front is charred, but the inside is mostly saved. And after this moment, sort of, you know, there's there's a lot of confusion and um, energy, but things eventually start to get under control, and a soot-covered uh, Aguam comes up to you and puts an arm on your shoulder and it's just like thanks for coming when you did they've been outside the dojo for a few days causing trouble and um, I didn't want to take them off longer I'm so sorry this has happened I I think this was just this was revenge clean and simple that guy Reggie must have got word that you were part of this dojo and Apparently he's got some connections. He used them. And now, and he looks, and Reggie's body is now being, like, taken by you all, like, taken by both of you on a stretcher with, like, a sheet over it. Um, hopefully those problems will be over. Well, um, it seems perhaps good timing. I was coming to ask if you might have any interest in accompanying us on a journey. <laughs> As you say that, Agwan <laughs> sort of like looks a little crestfallen and is like, my days of adventuring are over. I'm a teacher now. and He gestures back at the dojo. My school is in shambles. I think I'm going to have to take some time working on repairs. Okay. <laughs> I something for you, though. Um, well, I know this might seem strange, but I can... We're warmed up. You ready to learn something? I'm ready. Um, you can add to your features the Flight of the Waning Crescent. If you search it, um, it is another uh, Moon Rabbit technique. When you fail a Dexterity saving throw, you can use your reaction to roll a d4 and add it to the save, potentially turning failure into success. Uh, You can't use this reaction if you're prone or your speed is zero. Uh, He essentially starts to show you how to unlock and hone power of your legs to really force yourself out of combat on the level of like an intuitive gut reaction. So as soon as you start to feel danger, how to just immediately like unlock some fast twitch. For you, not muscles, but there is still a sort of like mind-matter connection and how to uh, instinctively launch yourself out of a dangerous situation. And over the course of the next like few hours, he teaches you this. Did you have a question? Can you say the name of it again? Flight of the Waning Crescent. And as this sort of lesson is concluding, 
and you're really starting to get it, um, you successfully complete this technique. And as you are landing, Aguam is emerging from the dojo. And he comes over to you and hands you a band of gray silk fabric with a small white crescent moon on the center of it. It's a headband. And it signifies your rank as... Hold on, let me make sure we get this right. Um, you are now a crescent level moon rabbit. You've more than earned this. You're a friend of the dojo and a friend of mine. Again, I'm so sorry that this has happened. It's a... Don't be sorry. I'm the one who put you in the position that brought this back upon us. And this is part of why I got out of adventure. The more you stick your nose in the trouble, the more trouble finds you. Hmm. An interesting perspective, I think, on this. Um, okay, well, I'm going to head back to everybody else. You make your way back uptown. The rest of the party, this, this whole thing probably took, it took you, if you're taking Dre's, that travel alone takes an hour there and back. Um, and you had to spend probably three hours. So you've spent like the, it's now noon by the time you're getting back to the house, which means that the rest of the party has had four hours to do various activities. What would you like to do? Went to the, uh, greenhouse. You go over to Fallas, and um, as you walk in, they say, "Oh, hi. Uh, do you want to see where I've where I've set it up?" Yeah. Uh, they lead you up into the rooftop sort of greenhouse on their their home, and most of this space is filled with various deciduous plants and uh, flowers and things of that nature. A lot of them are potted. There's a lot of potted flowers and things like that. Um, they take you into a small chamber at the very back. And this one has been set up with several lights that as you step into it, they sort of emulate this dim, this dim space. It feels sort of moonlit as you walk in. I think this might work. It hasn't been set up too long, so I don't know if this is going to take. And you see that the moss has been sort of put onto a rock with like just a little kind of thin coating of soil on it. There's nothing else much going on in this room. It seems like maybe it was used as like storage or something like that. And uh, these like magical sources are the the light quality is not like pure moonlight. It's they're just like magic lights essentially, but they're the quality of that light is dimmer. Um, above table, did I get these notes about full moonlight, cold 40s, 60s, humidity 50% from Paula or from a book? Uh, you got those from like a book, I think. Okay. Um, well, this looks amazing. I love these lights. I... Roll a, roll a nature check. Okay. 
not high. Okay. You... It's a five. Five. You don't have any... Nothing occurs to you uh, to... Like, things that you can do to change and optimize this space. You, like, walk in and you're like, yep, seems good. Like, this this is the best that we can do right now, for sure. Okay, so I'm not going to relay what I learned? On a five, this more or less gets to, the, like, you without, like, for, like, a little bit of a more, like, attuned sense of what's going on here. Like, I just don't think it occurs to you. Okay. This looks amazing. Where did you get these moon lights? Is this a moon rock? Uh, this is just a regular rock. Um, I, I I have these things for, you know, growing various plants on and with, but um, the lights themselves, they're just some old magic lights that I pulled out of storage. I had them for a while. Some There are some plants that do need constant light, especially in the winter months I like to pull these out. Awesome. Thank you so much. I got some books that... Maybe I should have brought over. Um, I wanted to learn. Have you have you learned anything cool about them? About the moss? Have you seen anything cool happen? Uh, not enough time yet, unfortunately. I had to spend most of the day yesterday just getting this sort of set up. Uh, but it's going to take time. Okay. Well, I was wondering, I have to leave for a thing. Okay. Um, could Newt hang out with you? Of course. He's Are very you sure friendly. He wants to stay. Well, let's ask. Does Fala have speak with animals? As you, uh, Fala does. I think have speak with animals. Let me double check. Yes, Fala has speak with animals. I remember I did that last time. You can ask um, him. As you like turn to ask Newt, you real like you don't see where Newt is, and then a moment later, you see that he is like sort of lounged in a like one of the many. Like, there's, like, some large banana leaf plants in one part of this, and he's just, like, sprawled out over one of these leaves to me. A, like, very, like, a, a more um, focused and warm magical light. And Fala, like, is about to cast the spell, and it's just, like, he seems comfortable. This Maybe. place really reminds me of the swamp, and I think it's good for him to be here right now. Well, maybe you should just tell him that you're going to be going away for a bit and that it's okay for him to stay here. Yeah. I would like to do that. sense that he understands when you talk. Okay, I'll try. Um, should I just talk to him or should I say it in my head? I would talk about that. Newt, you look cozy, buddy. <laughs> um, Newt just sort of very slowly, like, <laughs> I don't know if you can hear me, but I'm going to be going away for a bit, and I want you to be safe and cozy. So I think this is your new friend, Fala, who is also my friend, and has offered or has de- agreed to let you stay in here. I look at Fala to see if I need to say anything else. Um, as you say these things, Newt starts to, like, not, not totally rouse himself, but just sort of, like, rolls over onto his back and, like, shows his, 
is very canary yellow tummy to you and like looks up at you. You give him a you give him a little scratch and he just sort of like wiggles contentedly and then crawls down off the plant and over and starts to like wind his way up, follow his leg, and she's like, oh, oh my god. And he just comes to rest on their shoulder. He's super friendly. When he gets scared, sometimes he disappears. And, uh, okay. or if you frighten him, he might, um, he might throw some laughing gas at you. But, you know, oh. it's just a good time. And then, and then it's done. Okay. Well, um, I think we'll, I think we'll get along for a few days, right? And, and Newt just sort of like boops fall with their, with his nose. Yeah. Well, we'll be back soon. Um, I leave, uh, a couple of silver pieces just for everything they've done so far. Um, okay. Uh, Newt has a safe place to stay while you go about your various adventures. Um, Fala seems excited at the prospect of having this interesting creature staying in and amongst the plants. And uh, it seems like a little bit of time is going to have to pass before you get any further insight into what this moon moss might be able to do, how it grows, and other information on the plants in general. Sick. Back on home. I think Yuri and Chapa want to do some research, right? Is that something we talked about? Mm-hmm. You've got those books, you're going to read them real fast. Yep, and I've got um, Freya who can up my focus. Cool. And I'm also going to cast Enhance Ability on you. Oh, damn. Which will only last for an hour, so so I'll need to cast it once for each, like, hour that you're doing it, which we have four hours, but I'm only going to cast it for two of those four. So we should decide which books you want to... You can decide which books you want to use. What books do we have again? We've got... You made a list somewhere. Yeah. Um... Hag Covens, Resurrection Magic, and The Arty Forest. Or, no, we, we have one book on Hag Covens, Night Hags from Hell. We have one book, <laughs> which is a clerical discourse on Resurrection Magic. And then we have two books on The Arty, the history, history of The Arty and the Moon Elf Civilization. <laughs> What did you say? I said Night Hags from Hell sounds like propaganda. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like against witches. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, okay, so the purpose of each of these Hags books girls. Night Hags from Hell will give us some um, information on the Garoche. What are we going to RG Forest for again? That's where the Crypts of the Deepening Moon are. That's where Bronco is. That's where Bronco is. Cool. But that's most weird. importantly, I think that's where we have to go to be able to resurrect Chuck, yeah. right? Yeah, what are... Excuse me, Hammer. What's the crypt thing? What's the purpose? What do we need that for? Um, it seems like that's where there might be a portal to get into wherever Char is, okay. I think. Um, I, I would start with either the R.D. Forest book, since we're about to go there, or the Night House from book. Yeah. Can you remind me... What we need to do to be able to resurrect Chuck to our understanding. Um, you've done it. Okay. So, but it's not working. But yeah, the 
more information is needed. Jets more information is going to Bronco. Jets body is alive, but it seems that the soul did not return to the body. And though we here at the table know a little bit more, yeah, you do not. Yeah. Okay. Did you send to Chuck? I can't remember. I think you might have. I, I think we've got the tape for that one. We, I think we did, and we've, yeah. Um, I don't. Go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so I think we Yuri and Chapa want to do some research. Um, Reading the books that we got from Rachel, Chapa casting enhanced ability for some of them. Sure. Uh, I will say research takes time. There's no way the you have the only effective way to speed it up. Right. But even doing that, I'm gonna just like to glean information from a book on a chosen Mm -hmm. research topic still takes the better part. It takes like a week. Oh, I thought it was like eight hours, or I thought it was like four hours. The ability, that ability allows Yuri to condense that time. So typically somebody would have to spend a week researching one specific topic, either in a library or studying a particular book. So based on what you're trying to find, you basically, but like think of it as as though you're trying to write a research paper, um... Every paper I wrote in college. Yeah, like you you can only do, your brain can only contain so much so quick. That's what you think. And, <laughs> well. Yeah, no, 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 no. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but I guess what I'm saying is you can def like starting research now is a good thing to do. Yeah. And you'll be able to make some headway. You might learn something. Mm-hmm. I'm still going to ask you to make some checks. It's just that the DC is going to be that much higher because you're spending less time. So it's sort of like, what are you and what can you manage to pull out in your first pass over this material? Gotcha. Um, so if we're you said four hours passed. Uh, four hours passed since uh, Bang Bang. Well, Bang Bang spent four hours down in the dock board doing you're not sure what. I'm telling you all that four hours will pass before Bang Bang returns. So can Yuri spend four hours reading? And then for each hour, it will be treated like it's four. So basically be a, like 16 hours of reading has passed. Wow. Can you read for me the Time charm of the quickening days. moment? It's how many times you can receive that a day. All right. So the Schwinga touches one creature and grants it a selective hyperfocus. Before the next dawn, when the creature is engaged... In intellectual pursuit, reading, transcribing, learning a language, they may treat one hour of dedicated study as though it were four. Okay. Um, so you spend four hours. Um, it'll be like 16 hours, which I'm going to say is like two full days of study. Hell yeah. Um, what are you reading? And what... I'm going to say that... Or I guess, tell, tell me what you hope to accomplish, and I'll tell you kind of realistically what, what can happen. Well, for the Night Hatch from Hell book, we're trying to glean any information about the Kordorchi specifically. What kind of... We should start with the Ardeep. Okay. Because we're going to be, like, headed there. Headed there. First. Okay. The Ardeep, I'm not super clear on. Um, 
I know that we're going there. And what are you... If... Okay. So you've got, like, two days of research here. I'm going to say that you can either spend all of that time researching the arty and get, like, a, a fuller picture of what's going on there. Or you could split it up between the art deep and something else, and uh, yeah. get a, get a, get less information. Like you can only get so much information out of it possibly by doing that. I think I'll just focus on art deep today, then. That's okay. where we're about to go. So you're essentially spending 16 hours of study on the art deep. As where are you doing this, by the way? In my little tower. So he's going to have an advantage from. Enhanceability, if that's possible, on half of that. So effectively one day of research. Sure thing. I don't know if that makes how sense. Long is, how long does enhanceability last? An hour. So, so I, I'm going to cast it in twice. Four hours, and you're going to pass it twice. Got it. Um, so for you're going to make. I'm going to say. You're gonna make a uh, investigation, history, investigation or history check. Um, with the bonus of enhance ability. D four advantage. Ah. And um, you can do that since you're just focusing on one book once. So this is going to be how these four hours, which for you in effect are 16 hours, go. Cool. So D20 with the band? Fuck. Um, I'm an inspiration. I don't remember from what. Can I re-roll one of them? Well, that would give you an advantage. Double right? advantage? You could, uh, if you want to use the inspiration, you could re-roll one of them, I'll say. But be sure to mark off your inspiration. Yeah, I'm taking it off right now. It was a five and eight. But <laughs> <laughs> oh. plus seven, so yep. 19. Okay, with a 19, you spend this time pouring over <clears throat> the RD. Um... This, in effect, is going to give you an, an overview. So the Ardi is uh, also known as the Faraway Forest. It is a relatively, at, at this point in time, it's a relatively small but thick woodland in northwest Faerun, just east uh, east and a little south of Waterdeep. Um, it is next to the Deserin. It is south of the Deserin River, and through it runs the Ardeep River. Um, <clears throat> at one time, the forest connected to several other forests that run along the Sword Coast, but they have been broken up due to deforestation and various cataclysms over the year. At one point, it connected to the High Forest, which is where 
much of the current sort of elven culture still exists and resides. Um, <clears throat> so you get two important pieces of lore from this research. The first is that the forest was indeed held by elves long ago. Um, A particular race of elves known as moon elves. During a period known as the Retreat, about 150 years ago, those elves started to vacate the forest, leaving behind their ruins, or their their civilization, I suppose, um, which caused their buildings to fall to ruin. And one of those locations which pings your attention immediately is the crypts of the Deepening Moon, which... The Crypts of the Deepening Moon, which are the abandoned royal vaults of these moon elves. And within those crypts are rumored to exist untold treasures, dangers, because the elves retreating left, uh, left guardians in place, and it's not... It's not made clear exactly what those guardians are or do, but it is known that um, it, it's it's highly dangerous to try and delve into any of these rooms because the elves left behind uh, things to safeguard the things that are leaving behind. Um, so that's one thing you find out about the crypts of the deep. one thing uh, that's also mentioned one of the artifacts that is rumored to exist and it doesn't really outline it doesn't really define what this thing is it sort of makes passing passing reference to it but you hear something called Mistral's Mirror which, which catches your attention I don't know what it does just referenced you don't know exactly what it is. Can um, I make an arcana check to see if I've like heard about it before, or make an arcana check? Fourteen. You would have advantage on that if it's during the first half of it, because uh, of yeah. the enhanceability. Oh yeah. Um, you do not know what this relic is, but you know that Mistral is the name for the original goddess of magic. Mistral was at one point in time killed, murdered, and has since been replaced by 
Mistra, a different goddess who fills the same portfolio within the pantheon. We'll cast the and spell we saw a mural of one of those in the blue alley, right? One of what? Mistral or Mistra, we saw in one room. I think so, yeah. Okay. Um, so that's that's one big lump of lore that you get. The other one that you get is mention of the War of Silver Marches. It was a period of time in which war sort of stretched out across this eastern portion of Faerun, and the Arjeep was affected. In particular, a neighboring village known as Nightstone, which is south of the Arjeep forest, right on the edge of it. Um, there's recent... This is like more recent history, uh, but a lord there who is from Waterdeep started making hunting expeditions into this forest in an attempt to reestablish several several like hunting lodges that were within the forest. Um, but these incursions brought them into conflict with a different group of wood elves residing in the forest at this time. Not the original moon elves, but a different group. Um, and this conflict escalated until a small, not necessarily war, but battles broke out between Nightstone and the Elves, which resulted in this lord being killed. And in the aftermath, peace was sort of brokered between the denizens of the forest and the denizens of Nightstone. Um, And that peace ostensibly continues to this day. Is it Nightstone with a K? No. Hmm. Um, well, perhaps we'll find ourselves traveling through there. I'm good to know a bit of the local history. I'm excited. I don't know too many elves. I think people should be getting back from their morning errands soon. Perhaps we can gather everybody and head to the House of the Moon. Sounds great. Awesome. Lena. Was there something else? Just a quick question. It's a little off topic, but could I use that same Twinga ability to... <clears throat> figure out how to enchant my new weapon? Would that be a study thing? Or is that like a different kind of magical? Say that again. I'm trying to figure out how to enchant this weapon myself. Okay. Um, I'm going to say that for guidance on how to do that, you would need to seek out a wizard or a spellcaster who knows how to do this and ask for their guidance on how to carry it. Or you could spend dedicated hours of study trying to do it. So similarly, this wouldn't be like reading. You would have to actually spend like the hard hours of just like trial and error to see what works and what doesn't work. Um, And how this would look is basically like every day you would make an arcana check and based on the success, that'll like be a step, a stepping stone to figuring out how to do this on your own. Sweet. Thank you. You're welcome. But it will take time. It will take time. Um... Okay, Lena. You spend a relatively peaceful day at the House of the Moon on the 15th of Mukhtar. Your new friends don't come by to visit. It seems that they're keeping true to their intention of taking a day to go shopping, get their affairs in order, and prepare to leave for the RD 
following day. Floyd was kidnapped. <laughs> what do you do during the course of this day? You have the House of the Mood at your disposal. Um, you could spend the day in sort of quiet contemplation of your tarot cards. You could spend the day talking to people within the moon, the House of the Moon. You could go see the city, its sights and sounds. What would you like to do? Uh, I don't think I got into the city because it feels like a little overwhelming. Sure. Being with like so many people around, I think I, I want to stay at the House of the Moon. Yeah. Um, I might consult my cards for a little while, just about the journey ahead. Um, and also just kind of like rest and recoup. It, it feels kind of strange to be without um, my like normal. Uh, like chore load and routine that I had. Sure. Um, for the tarot cards, how does this look? What does that ritual look like for me? Uh, I have the same deck that I pulled um, the blank card from for the uh, that I got the prophecy. Um, they are kind of like blue and purple and. Um, silver, um, and they have, uh, they've got, like, different phases of, like, the moon and, um, star shapes on them. Um, as you're interacting with these cards, I want you to roll a perception check. Oh, that's a nat 20. Hell yeah. So you immediately, without really thinking too much about it, look for, maybe you have it prepared already, it's on the top of the deck. You're looking for that card that was the blank card. Yeah. And that turned into this vision. Mm -hmm. Um, You turn it over and immediately drop it. Because it has changed. Um... To the passing observer, it might not look very different, but what you immediately pick out is that this image of you and these new travelers in front of the elven ruin no longer shows the figure of the satyr. Chuck has disappeared from the card. No. And I want you to roll a religion check. Uh, okay. It's not very good, this five. Did you roll a one? No. Okay. I don't think... I don't have a... I don't have a... If you are in uh, Julian, with Julian and you roll a one, you get to re-roll it. Okay. But no, it's I don't. I'm not very smart. <laughs> it's a five. So, like, I'm very wise, but I'm not. The very reason smart. I think why the cloth were totally uneducated about <laughs> anything about religion. Yeah. Like, the reason I think why this is no, so um, striking to you is that you have been interacting in one way or another with Saloon for your entire life. Mm-hmm. 
Um, over the past seven years, that connection has only strengthened and deepened and become more meaningful to you. And in that entire time, in your entire 27 years of life, you've never seen a prophecy change the way that it has here. And that is frightening. You don't know what it means. You didn't think this could happen. You thought that the messages that Saloon delivered to you were in some way pure. And I don't want to say the word perfect, but you just have this sort of innate sense of like, as I receive it, so it will be done. And for the first time, and perhaps it's because you're being more active in your agency over this particular prophecy. Usually you've received people and you've given them guidance. Rarely have you been given guidance and had to follow it yourself. This changing as it goes unsettles you. The firm ground that you've maybe stood on in your faith, it's not gone. But suddenly you start to just maybe in the back of your head question the omnipotent nature of Saloon and her observance of things. You have a feature in your class that allows you to uh, essentially find a wheel or a woe effect Mm -hmm. for the day. Do you roll that at the beginning of the day? Uh, for the 15th, I rolled a wheel. So I think that would have been part of this process as well. As you're going through these cards, after you have this first uh, this first interaction, you draw another card that is a wheel. What do you think that card looks like? Uh. This, would, this would be a card that's basically giving you a sign of, of positive things to come. What's mm-hmm. that? Um, and it should be vague. It shouldn't be like a specific, like you see I someone think, you know. I think it looks like a bowl of that's like full of water, um, and in the water you can see the reflection of the of like a full moon and like a clear sky. Which is an interesting portent to receive on the fifteenth, which is a new moon's day. Um, I want you to make another insight check about this. Uh, that is an 11. With an 11, uh, you take it as an encouraging sign that on this day of new moon, when <clears throat> within, the under, within an understanding of the church, Saloon is at her weakest, there's you, you've been, uh, a story, a myth, a legend has been transmitted to you, the story of Saloon and the battle of light and darkness, that <clears throat> long ago when Saloon and Sharp battled over an argument about whether or not to give warmth to humanity, Shar did not want to give warmth because that would start to change things. It would start to change the world in a way that would make it imperfect and out of the express control of Saloon 
and Shar. It was seen in Shar's eyes as a betrayal by her sister. But Saloon, in her deep love for the things that she and her sister were creating, wanted to give Chantia, their first daughter, essentially, warmth so that she may go on to create the races that we now come to know as comprising all of humanity. Like turtles. Like turtles. <laughs> that original schism, that original difference of opinion caused a fracturing between these two sisters that the reverberations of which are still playing out across time. And during one of these battles, Saloon was desperate to defeat her sister. And in doing so, she tore a piece of herself out and hurled it at Shar. And this piece of herself became the god, the goddess of magic, Mystery. And ever since that time, Saloon has been injured. To this day, she remains injured. And that's why her power waxes and wanes. She is never fully whole, but only for a moment. Receiving a sign of the full moon on the new moon is a very auspicious sign. It is a sign that Saloon's power is growing. It is a promise. It is a promise that has been made since the moment Saloon injured herself that she might someday become whole entirely. That she might be healed. Mm-hmm. So you see this, and after these sort of discomforting moments of seeing this prophecy change, you are again sort of reassured by the notion that though things may not be certain, there is a promise of Healing. And that's your morning routine. After that, after that, you uh, you have the rest of the day. Is there anything else that you want to accomplish? Uh, this can be very general. Yeah, do some fishing. Fishing. Get some. To do that, you would need to go down to the docks. You need to venture out into the town. Do you want to do that? Face your fears. They don't have a well. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Sure. I go down to the docks. Okay. I'm going to say that you uh, talk to some people at the church, and you communicate your desire to fish, and one of them goes down into the cellar and pulls out a really sort of, like, ornate but dusty (laughs) ornamental fishing rod which at one point was probably some sort of ceremonial rod that they've just, like, affixed a string to. Well, I usually use my spear. They do this for you anyways, though, when you say you want to go fishing. And they hand you this, and you... How do you receive this uh, this gesture of, like, yeah, go fishing? Uh, I I see that they mean well, and I say thank you. Oh, thank you. Do you want anyone to go with you as a as a chaperone, or do you feel comfortable going by yourself? Um, I I would like someone because I don't know the area, so I ask for someone to to like show me the way. Uh, you are introduced to a very kind uh, acolyte named Selma, who accompanies you throughout the day, sort of shows you around the city, points out some of the uh, bigger 
points of interest as you uh, make your way from the Sea Ward, which is sort of higher in the north and west of the city, south to the Dock Ward. You see some of the uh, standing statues of the city, and Selma explains that in days gone by, these gigantic, uh, titanic statues of marble appeared from nowhere. They appeared from the ethereal realm itself, stepped forth into the city, and defended it in times of need. She also explains that during a period of time known as the Spell Plague, these statues <coughs> rampaged across the city as the very weave itself started to disintegrate. Mm. And in the aftermath of that event, almost 150 years ago, they have stood stationary where they are now. And they are scattered throughout the city. You pass by the God Catcher. You pass by the Great Drunkard. You pass by the Lady Dreaming high up on the on Mount Waterdeep. Um, there are many of these uh, interesting locations throughout the city. You also walk by the uh, Blackstaff Tower, where she explains the current uh, high mage of Waterdeep resides. Although she says that there's a feud brewing between this high mage and the open lord of Waterdeep, who herself is a very powerful mage, whom most people... Uh, most commoners recognize as being a superior mage to the Blackstaff. And this is a little bit of gossip, just a little bit of town gossip, how there's a bit of power struggle between these two very powerful women. She must be a Gemini. <laughs> well, um, what was it that happened 150 years ago? The Spell Plague? The Spell Plague. Is that also when Manchun was around? Um, Manchun... We, we can get back to that. Okay. But we can get back to But that. also, we do know that 150 years ago is when the moon elves started to retreat from the Ardeep forest during a period known as the retreat. Yeah. That's true. Leaving behind the crypts of the deep important. moon. It's true. Um, but you make your way south. And you come to the dock ward, and Selma brings you to a relatively peaceful pier that separates uh, the dock ward from the naval, har- naval harbor, where you see a few more uh, fishermen, older men mostly, but some women as well, just lazily snoozing on a bench as their fishing lines sort of hang out into the water below. And someone looks at you and is like, what will this do? Uh, it's, it's like on a dock? Uh, you're on a pier that's about 15 or 20 feet above sort of roiling water below you. It's definitely not what you would have thought to do for spearfishing, but what I'm essentially saying is these people don't know you can do that, and you can show off now if you want. <laughs> uh, yeah, sure. I think what I want to do is I want to take out my, like, my boat and use my boat to go out in the water and do some spearfishing. <laughs> so... Expendable. As, uh, as, as Selma brings you out onto yeah. this pier, um... Yeah, I'll say, what do you say? I'll say, um, can't, there's a little, like, there's a little pier, beach area. There's a little area back where the pier meets the meets the shore, and you could go down there to launch this. I'll, I'll say this is perfect, thank you. And I'm gonna go down to the beach and I'll take out my boat. And push do you want to describe what this boat looks like, or do you want me to? Uh, it's like a little like shoebox, and 
I unfold it and it, it turns into yeah. <laughs> you uh, you have a knapsack. And yeah. Within this knapsack, you pull from it a small uh, a small wooden box. Yeah. And to anyone who's just passing by, it would just look like you pulled out a small. Maybe it has your fishing lures. It could be a tackle box. Yeah. And uh, as you start to open the lid, a piece of it sort of falls down, and then from that slats start to roll out. And as they do, magically, in front of you, this boat starts to construct itself until you have essentially a small one-person canoe that you've used to fish in for the past seven years. What class has magic boat? (laughs) (laughs) And uh, as Selma watches you, she's just like, oh, that's a... Oh, 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 wow. <laughs> and you're just going to... Yeah. Uh, do you want someone to come with you or not? Um, uh, I'll, like, gesture and invite her if she wants to come. Selma sort of lifts the hem of her robe <laughs> as she walks uh, down into the surf that is just, like, playing across the stony beach here. Um, and delicately tries to get in the boat without rocking it. Your sea legs are so sure that, it, like, you could essentially, like, do a front flip into this thing and it'd be, like, landing on solid ground. Mm-hmm. Selma, as she steps in, does that sort of, like, deer leg moment of just, like, <laughs> trying not to balance, and you just sort of very calmly keep things righted. And uh, you push off into the harbor. Um, go ahead and make a survival check for me. To 17. Uh, as you push off into this harbor, some of the people that were up on the pier, some of these older men have stirred themselves from their naps and are now collected along the railing. And you see some of them like pointing out at you <laughs> in the ship, some of them laughing. You get the sense that these men are now like here to watch the show. They haven't seen a young woman such as yourself go out into the middle of this little fishing harbor and do what you're doing before, and they're very interested. Um, with a 17 survival, yeah, they, they wave back. This isn't, like, malicious or anything. Yeah. It's very, like, there's a, there's a friendly nature about it. Uh, they're very curious, but it's also very amusing. Um, you make your way out into this harbor, and with a 17 survival check, uh, pretty quickly you find, by noticing where the seabirds above you are attacking the water, a location where some bait fish have been pushed up to the surface by some larger uh, mackerel Mm -hmm. underneath. Mm -hmm. Um, You can go ahead and give me an attack with your spear to see whether or not you can get one of these fish. So you have a spear in your character sheet in the actions portion. I do. And there should be like a (laughs) number next to it that says like plus like it should be a smallish number, like four, five, six, something yes. like that. So roll a d20, add that number to it. It's 19. 19 total? Yes. So you go to the prow of this little ship, and thankfully with Selma's weight at the back of it, you can you just get onto the very tip, and at one point you're sort of standing on one leg, peering over like a heron with this spear at the ready. And a minute... Two minutes go by, you're waiting for the perfect moment, and when it arrives, with all the fluidity of water rushing down a brook, you just let the spear fall, 
and it pierces a fish perfectly and comes to float on the surface. You use a small rope that you've affixed to this spear to just pull it back in very quickly. You have a nice fish. Great. (laughs) (laughs) Um, You can continue to do this if you want. Uh, to catch more fish, or if you just wanted one for yourself yeah, for a meal I think later. I, I want to catch a few because I want to give them to the, the house of the moon as like a thank you for like housing. Go ahead and roll a d6 one. Which, is that the regular? Regular, regular dice. Oh, it's a one. <laughs> <laughs> you catch one more fish. Okay. Um, uh, and you hand it to Selma, yeah. and uh, what do you say as you give the small gift? <laughs> Um, I say, um, uh, I say for you, <laughs> for, uh, the house of the moon, uh, and the hospitality. Thank you. Selma, with his dead <laughs> fish, um, to you this is a kind gesture, I'm sure, but Selma just <laughs> like, <laughs> Thank you. And uh, you see she sort of pulls a scarf from inside her robes and wraps the fish up and is like, me and the other acolytes will enjoy this tremendously later this evening. Thank you very much. And you see up on the pier, some of the men are just like clapping and like cheering you on after you've done this uh, impressive feat of spearfishing out in the harbor. Um, Is there anything else fishing related you want to do? Do you want to head back to the House of the Moon? So you go back. This whole little adventure with Selma probably took... After your uh, morning, you probably heading back late afternoon. I wake it's up been a chilly day. Oh, so yeah. <laughs> you got out of bed early. And you're heading back now just as the sun is beginning to set. Um, I want you to roll a um, perception check for me. That's a nat one. Nat one. Um, uh, <laughs> sensory overload. Uh-huh. It's at this point yeah. that a combination of being tired from the fishing, because it does take you know a lot of focus and energy to do this spear fishing and operate your boat, um, and the fact that you've never been in a city, period. Yeah. You've been ashore to the mainland rarely in your life. And you've never been around this many people, ever. You probably didn't know this many people existed in one place at one time. And the fact that it exists is sort of blowing your mind. Um, Over the totality of your life, you've probably seen, like, maybe upwards of a thousand people over 27 years. And all of a sudden, at once, you are seeing hundreds of thousands of people just in and out in their small lives, discreetly interacting with each other and coming into contact with you. And by the time you get back to the House of the Moon, you are fried. I feel like um, it'd be like moving from like here to Mumbai. <laughs> um, you have a fish, though, and that feels familiar and good. Uh, as you get back, Selma turns to you and says, would you like to uh, participate in any of the uh, evening prayers? Uh, it being the new moon, we will hold a service uh, in one of the chapels later on this evening. Yeah. Um, you'd be most welcome there. Yeah, I'd like to do that. Uh, so the rest of the evening kind of unfolds peacefully. Uh, 
you find a place to prepare this fish if you want. They kind of get, there's like a communal kitchen space on one of the floors in the dormitories, and you can prepare it however you wish. Um, some of the other acolytes are there and asking you all these questions. A lot of people want to know about the island that you're from, the nature of the work that you do. Um, are you a paladin? <laughs> are, you, are you a paladin or like a cleric or like what's your vibe? Um, and do you, do, is there any information that you would provide these people? Um, I think that I, I'm getting, it's like overwhelming being in like the city, but it's also overwhelming being like surrounded by all these people because like the community that I was in was so small. At a certain point, as like this is very much like everyone's in at the like in the dining room yeah. right now, and you're kind of like the interesting new person. Yeah. So like the table's super busy, and at a certain point, Selma sees this that you're just a little bit overwhelmed, and is like, I think our our guest would like to just eat her food and maybe catch her breath a bit. And some of the other acolytes are like, Oh, oh, of course, and. That sort of helps things die down. They kind of return to their own personal conversations, give you a little little space to deal with your own thing. You're invited to a new moon ceremony, which you attend. Um, You experience some of the beautiful choir music that the saloon singers provide during during these daily daily sermons. I like the idea that it's acapella and also a theremin. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think there's definitely harps. There's a lot of harps, harps going on. For sure. um, maybe tennis. like one sort of uh, like melancholic flute. Um, I can play my pipes. <laughs> yeah, yeah, totally. Uh, you start playing your pipes in the middle of this, and everyone sort of like, like turns and like looks at you, and. Uh, <laughs> What is this while you're eating? No, this is during this is, the this is during this is during the uh, the new moon ceremony, okay. and uh, make sure some, mention that some of the like lower level bagpipes, okay. and that will not go more well. Some of, some of the lower level acolytes are like sort of scandalized by this, <laughs> but you see like uh, higher level priests, especially uh, Jaseel, who's here, who's part of this ceremony, um, sort of smiles and. Uh, doesn't doesn't want to doesn't do anything to stop you and just, you know understands the spirit with which you were doing this and is happy to allow it to happen. Um, make a performance check. <laughs> You're from more of a gospel community. I'm gonna use my wheel, <laughs> right? Okay. To help me with this. <laughs> Regain your features. Your the skill is going to be in like skills table. Okay. Okay. Uh. That's a ten total. <laughs> Um, a ten total. 
It is a rustic mm-hmm. tune that you use to accompany. It is not the most refined flute playing <laughs> in the world, but nor, nor is it an abject failure. Like you don't hit any bad notes or wrong notes. It's just a very simple uh, tune that goes along with it. And a bit rustic. And in combination with the very like rich tonal harmonies of these singers um, and the harps and and the theremin that somehow exists. It's magical theremin. Yeah, yeah, no, definitely. A theremin does exist. There are still sound waves in some bard. Some bard invented it somehow. Magnets still exist. Um, It it only adds to the performance and. at its conclusion, there is. Jaseyle stands and says, Thank you. Thank you for that lovely singing. And thank you to our guest. Those of you who have not yet had the pleasure of meeting Angelina, she comes to us from the sea, from our friend. <laughs> from our friends to the west. She is. An oracle of our order. And please, while she is here, show her the utmost respect and kindness. I like bow to everyone. Don't uh, fucking bully the new person. Guys. <laughs> <laughs> uh, at this, Giselle uh, gives a, uh, a sermon speaking about the importance during the new moon for everyone in the clergy to look after one another, that in this uh, this moment, as the light of Lathander is leaving the skies uh, and Saloon's watch is elongated as the nights themselves grow, it is important for members of her clergy to accept the responsibility that comes with that and accept the fact that um, in these in these times of cold and darkness um, it is it is their responsibility to provide the warmth in the nighttime um, she then invites uh, the high priest of the eclipse Ilkai Fichte to say some words and he comes and stands And his message is much more pointed, much more dour. Mm -hmm. I want you to make an insight check. I put art of him on the character I ask for if people want to. Let's go on to the eclipse based image. That's a 12. The sense that you get listening to him, and as he stands there and regards the clergy, he starts to speak. Um, That's not it. He starts to speak and says, Thank you, High Priestess, for your words of wisdom and kindness. I'm afraid, friends, that I bring sterner news. Everything that Jaseyl says is true. We must look after one another in these darkening months. We must also be willing to question 
that which we might not always question. I do not believe I am revealing anything unknown in saying that over the past few weeks and months. Shaw's influence, and as you that name sort of rings out, there's not like a rumble, but there's just sort of an audible holding of breath as her name is not often whispered in the halls of the House of the Moon. Yes, I'm sorry to say to say that name here, but it must be said because her influence has returned. You see some acolytes like look sidelong at each other, a little bit concerned. I have returned from travels to the east and north, and while nothing is certain, it does seem as though a shadow is world. Whispers of dark rituals in the streets of Neverwinter have come. While we have found nothing explicit to be worried about here in Waterdeep, it is certainly something we should all be on our guard for. The High Priestess and I have been speaking of this, and we believe in the weeks and months to come, it would be prudent to increase the assistance that we offer to neighboring communities and within Waterdeep itself. But how exactly that will play out is yet to be decided. But what we can say is it is important that you all remain alert and on guard in the city. I'm sorry to bring these dark tidings, but they must be brought. The Feast of the Moon is approaching. The full moon that comes with it may be obscured. Again, sort of a little ripple whispers through the room. My work, of course, is focused on understanding these portents. Jaseo will help me, as will all of you. But outcomes cannot be known. And at that, Yokai <clears throat> looks at you, Angelina. Even Our Lady of the Silvery Light does not know all things to come. So we must be on guard. Or was that insight check already? Yes. With that 12 insight, Ilkai Ficta is a very serious person. Um, part of that comes from his general demeanor. Part of it comes from the laser avian focus of just a somewhat the, the predatory nature of his anatomy. 
Um, when those eyes fall on you, you feel just a slight shiver run up your spine to have such an attention fixed on you. Um, he speaks a little bit more. It's more just sort of vague reminders and warnings about things to come. And with a 12, you also get just the slightest hint of he maybe has a problem with Jaseil. And the way that she's running the ship. Doesn't say anything overt, but based on some of the stuff that Jaseil was saying during her sermon, he is just sort of indirectly like, should we be doing that? Who's to say? Um, so you pick up on a little bit of tension there, maybe. Uh, but the sermon and the ceremony comes to a close. The clergy disseminate out into the church, and it is now nighttime. Uh, some of the higher clergy go up to the moon dome to perform uh, rites and rituals of the new moon that are important to safeguard Saloon's energies in these in this in this darkest of nights. Uh, but you are shown by Soma back to your room. Is there anything else that you want to do before you go to sleep? Uh, I'd like to... My room has, like, a big window. It's like, it does have a window that looks out over the bed. Uh, I'd like to spend some time just, like, looking up at the night sky before I go to sleep. I usually stay up pretty late. So just kind of, like, taking in the stars. And... You stay up pretty late, you say? Mm-hmm. Um, roll a perception check. Wow. You gotta like shake it, right? Lena ends her day being like, I gotta hang out with that. (laughs) You stare up at the stars and become lost in thought. What add everything together. So what is your what is the total of that roll? With a a one plus whatever your perception model. Perception. Uh I mean it's a seven. Okay. But isn't it? No, no. The way that uh, perception is a skill check, okay. um, and the way that I play it, like a natural one does say something, okay. but you still get to add your your modifier to it. Also, what's your passive perception? I can pull that up too if it's. How do I see that? Part. It's going to be on the left side of your character sheet um, under senses. Perception is uh, sixteen. I have. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I would, I would say that looking up at the stars, you don't see anything of note. They hang in the sky as they as they should, um, and that in and of itself is a comfort to you. Uh, you've spent a lot of your life staring at the stars, finding guidance from them, following them as you make your way to and from home in the ship that you grew up on. Uh, Late at night, you hear voices outside of your door. They are, there's a frantic energy to them, worried, and you can tell that they're trying to keep the volume down. Do I recognize the voices? Uh... 
With the, again, with your passive insight, you recognize one voice very clearly because for a moment it rises above the others, and it's Ilkai Fichtas. And you hear him just say, again, you can't make out the whole sentence, you just hear like a sort of peak as his voice rises. Exactly what I was talking about. Do the voices seem like they're moving by, or are they like resting outside my door? So these dormitories are in a wing of the church, and they are not far away from the grand uh, staircase. And what you can make out is that these voices are traveling up the grand staircase. Mm -hmm. You are on the second floor of this church, which has four floors, and they're moving up. Do I hear anything else? (laughs) Uh, Not within your room. You would need to pursue or do something else. Well, I have a zero stealth monster, (laughs) so I probably wouldn't be wise to follow them. Um, ooh, can I turn into a mouse? You tell me. You do that. You um, take on an animal form. Yeah. Well, what are you doing? And size. Uh, what do you look like, first of all? What kind of a mouse do you mean? I'm like a little white mouse. <laughs> you turn into a little white mouse, and at this size, you can very easily scurry out underneath the door to your bedchamber. And I, I, do I see them? You need to go out through, like, again, you're in this, like, wing off the side. You know where the staircase is, where the sound is coming from. Okay. But you need to kind of work your way through some halls to get there. Okay. I'm going to go in the direction of where I know there should be. Uh, you make your way out into the uh, area where the staircase winds up the sort of eastern uh, walls of the church. And you can hear those voices uh, and just see as they round a corner to go up to the third floor. Make a perception check for me. Please, dear God. <laughs> okay, that's a little better. Um, nine. Uh, with a nine, you can see that there's a small group of people, and they appear to be carrying something. Their Ilkai Fichta and uh, Giselle Evening Star are bringing up the rear. And you see that Jaseel is very, very much focused on what these people are carrying, and Fichta is sort of berating her. But then they turn the corner. I can't see what it is that they're carrying. No, not the nine. Okay, I'm going to keep following them. You do. It takes time in your teeny little mouse <laughs> form. Uh, and you kind of, it, getting up those stairs, you lose track of where they're going at a certain point. Okay. But... Um, make another, uh, make another perception check for me. Uh, okay, that's better. Um, that's a 22. You get up onto this third floor, and up here... Where is my group now? 
Just a moment. You make your way up from the second floor to the third floor, up the grand stair. You come into the hall of Winds and Caves. And Winds Winds and Caves. And up here, as you come up, to your left is the Chapel of the Full Moon, where earlier in the evening you uh, participated in the ceremony of the New Moon. And... uh, to your right, which would be the north of the um, the chapel itself, uh, you know there's a great library dead ahead, and then several other studies. You hear voices coming from one of these studies. What do you do? Is the door closed? It is closed. <clears throat> um... Are there any, like, holes in the wall? Uh, you can go under the door. Okay, I'll go under the door. Uh, go ahead and make a stealth check for me. Roll, uh, <laughs> roll a d20 and add nothing to it. You're I'm going to use my wheel. You already used it, I thought. I have three. Okay. Well, fine. <laughs> I'm using the, uh the stats for a rat right now. But you're a little bit smaller. You're a little white mouse. And I'm going to say you have advantage given this context. So we'll... Can I use my real and lucky? Um, <laughs> my luck point? <laughs> yeah, what is, how does luck work? Um, whenever I make an attack roll ability check or a saving throw or when an attack roll is made against you, you can spend one roll one to roll an additional d20 and choose which step. Okay, so it's like it's like having advantage if you're about to give me advantage. Yeah. Okay. Um, you would have advantage already. Okay. So roll and add, don't add your regular stealth to it. You're adding nothing to this. Just a d20 roll. Okay. Well, I, I am adding my wheel. And your wheel. Add so your that's wheel. 15 or so 15. So 20. Uh, with a 20, you scurry into this room and very quickly just go around a corner and in between two bookshelves, you feel relatively hidden. And you see towering above you uh, a number of people. There is frenzied, uh, nervous, uh, urgent energy within this room. Um, make a perception check. Nineteen. Uh, it's hard for you to see up onto the table that everyone is gathered around. In the center of the room, like this room here, there's a large table with chairs that have been uh, pulled out around it so that people can stand. Um, being so small, being so close to the ground, it's hard for you to see. But what you do very clearly make out is a lifeless foot hanging over the end of the mm-hmm. table. And slipping off of that table and onto the ground is a piece of cloth that is purple. And as it falls, for a moment, you see that in the center of it, there is a black circle. Before it 
just lands in a heap on the ground. And then one of the uh, acolytes was, that was tending to this body on top of the table stoops to uh, pick it up. And Fichte comes over to this person and says, Do not touch it! Allow me. And he picks up the piece of silk fabric. And you see now, as he holds it in front of him, there's a dark stain on it uh, that you would take to be blood. And uh, indeed, at the very center of this piece of fabric, there is a black circle um, sort of centered on it. Um, Like the new moon. Ficta sort of holds this piece of fabric up and gestures to Jaseya. You see, the evidence is clear. She is here. She is amongst the church. We have brought a body defiled by one of her agents here. Do you not see the folly of our ways? And Giselle is sort of not saying anything, ashen face, looking down at this body. And you see as she tries, she starts to um, cast a spell. Victa says, wait, wait. You do not know what you are doing. You do not know what you might find out if you cast such magics. Giselle looks back at Ficta and says, It is not your position to question my authority here. And she casts a spell. Though you cannot see, atop the table you hear sort of sputtering, wet intake of breath. Fuck. That's gross. Yeah. Can I make an insight? Yes. On just sound. Did you take four die? Mm-hmm. Okay. <clears throat> Still the same. Um, so that is an 11. Garden 11. Uh, you recognize this spell. You've seen it cast before. Um, and the answer about what it is is immediately confirmed for you as Jaseel looks down onto this table at whoever is lying there and says, what is your name? And you hear this, a voice, say, Kite. <gasps> oh no! One second. Does that mean anything? <laughs> yes, we know we're detained, but it probably doesn't mean anything, anything to, to me, you. Yeah. yeah. Okay. <clears throat> so devastated. Yeah. That's it. So like after don't that forget question, shock. <laughs> bring back a take. I wanna I wanna put on some different music now too. Mm-hmm. 
It's like, oh, is that where it's coming? <laughs> <laughs> uh, so this body says, Gitane. Um, Jaseya looks back down. Who sent you here? I was not sent. I was delivered. Who delivered you? Friends. Jaseya looks at Ficta. Ficta looks back at her. She is under no compulsion to offer truthful answers. You know this. Why would you speak to the enemy? Jaseya looks back down at the body. Did you die? As that information is confirmed, all of the people in this room look at each other tensely. They're like descendants of, like they have devil blood, but it doesn't mean that they're specifically from there. They're just like another humanoid race. Mm-hmm. The super racist of you, they deal with that all the time. There's a moment like of tense silence as Gitane is looking down at this body to Ficta, to the others in the room, and Ficta says... Magic will be broken soon. You have but one question left to ask. Ask it wisely. Giselle closes her eyes. How many more of you are there? And then the breath that had briefly animated the body of this person who called himself Gitain <laughs> leaves, and there's hushed silence. Jesus. This body cannot stay here. It cannot stay within the church. You know that it is evil, and it must be taken. And as Ficta says that, Jaseel nods uh, a little bit um, distractedly. Ficta sort of starts barking orders at people, pointing and saying, You, come here, take this. Bring it down to the cellars. You, go into the streets, find a dray, hail it. You, I need you to go cry. And he starts, like, arranging things and eventually starts to make the point that this body needs to be brought to the city of the dead, which is the, you wouldn't, you maybe would know this from Selma giving you a tour of the city earlier in the day. It's the large uh, public park and uh, cemetery mm-hmm. in Waterdeep. Um, as Ficta does this, uh, 
somebody moving about the room looks down in your little corner and sort of jumps and says, Mouse. Uh, how close am I to the door? Close. I'm going to run out the door. Uh, you dart out the door. Nobody else seems to have noticed that little moment as you go. No one seems to be following you. There's too much activity happening within that chamber. Um, where are you going? Uh, I'm going to run back to my room. Uh, you do so. Um, and you make it back and you come back into your humanoid form. Uh, what are you doing now? Like, what time is it now? Uh, it's probably somewhere between, like, 2 and 3 a.m. Okay. Uh, this is all, like, along with the card that I saw this morning, like, shaking me a little bit. So, I think I'm gonna try to, like, do some sort of meditation, like, communing with Saloon in some way, like, searching for guidance before I go to sleep, but I'd like to go to sleep and, like, just... Yeah, your heart is racing, but you meditate a little bit. Yeah. You say a few prayers to Saloon, you hail Saloons, and uh, you start to calm down, start to calm down, and eventually, after an otherwise hectic and stressful, well, not stressful, but just full day of experiencing Waterdeep and all of its overwhelming splendor, Mm -hmm. and now experiencing this confusing, hectic, violent intrusion into the church, you drift off to sleep. Mm -hmm. And you remain asleep until noon the day following. At which time our adventuring party has had some time to research. Bang Bang has gone down to the dock ward where she helped her helped their sensei. Doesn't matter. I was looking for the word. Helped their sensei uh, fight off and defend the dojo. That's good. Julian went to Fala, left Newt to bask among the plants there. Research was carried out at the um, at Trollskull Manor. Really learning some about the Ardeep Forest. And it's now approaching noon. Rumble, was there anything that you wanted to do? You're the only person who wasn't really accounted for in all that. Incorporating my new crossbows into my gear. I'm, like, getting little holsters from them. I'm also, like, taking my claw and, like, engraving, like, my initials, like, into the hilts of them. Nice. Just getting ready for the upcoming adventures. Uh, What would you all like to do as you start to reconvene now at uh, Trollskull? Um, I need to, like, do a little short rest sort of situation, if I can. You can definitely take a short rest. Uh, you'll be ready to go at 1 p.m. Um, do you have healing to do? I, I have quite a bit of healing okay. to do. I will, um, I know that you're good at that anyway, but I can do my 
and posted it in Discord. Posted it around the Chef's special food um, is part of a short rest. Um, I can blah blah blah. Any creature who eats the food can spend and spends one or more hit dice regains an extra one d eight. So, okay, just take an extra one d eight on your first roll. Um, we'll do I have to decide how many I'm going to use no. before I do it? Uh, no, you can. Uh, like, say you wanted to, you use two and you want to use another one, that's fine. Great. You can definitely, like, tailor this to however many hit points you're trying to get back. Monks are D8 hit die, right? Yeah, I believe so, yeah. yeah. Um, let's see. We don't really do short rests, so I'm just trying to refresh them. Do you have any questions I might be able to? I just have um, like a feat that's. If you hit the short rest button, it restores all on your character sheet okay. if you're doing DD Beyond. And what I would recommend, because sometimes it can be a little wonky, is doing a short rest and then like marking off however many hit die you do, but don't use the dice rolling feature. Just roll that on your own and add it in after the short rest. Okay. Does that make sense? It'll give you the option to roll. And do add your constitution mark for each of them. Do add your constitution modifier, darling. Good boy. My good man. Um, Be a sport. Add your constitution modifier. But there's something... I took a feat that it has some special effect on... I'm sorry, I don't want to take up time. Um, it's the minimum that you can get is an 8. So if the dice roll plus your constitution bonus is less than 8, you just get 8. Right? Durable, I'm pretty sure. Okay. This is for... It's for durable. So what's your constitution bonus? Yeah, Four. so that, that makes sense. You you automatically get 8 from every... Yeah. So if you roll a, so it's, a one it's basically four, saying that you um, automatically get half of your hit die. So, okay. If you roll a one through four, you get so eight. eight if you get a five through eight, eight, you get, eight, get the max eight, you get is twelve eight, off of one hit die. The minimum you can get is eight. Yeah. I think I'm gonna use another two hit die. Kelvin, did you get two crossbows? I did. Are they both the same? No. Uh, one of them is bleached, clear wood. One of them is ebony. Cool. <laughs> oh, I just want your. Hmm. Okay. The Cool. I'm all set. Cool. Um. So it's about one o'clock. What are you all planning to do? Angelina, I'm going to say that you wake up and uh, you can get some breakfast or lunch and start to make yourself ready to go as you were planning to do. Okay. Um, the mood is weird in the church. Uh, you get the sense that um, from what you've seen, most of the people uh, don't seem to have any idea, but a few people are just like 
wide-eyed and quiet. Are um, Elkai and Jessel there? You don't see them. Um, they seem to have. They're either they're either engaged in business further mm-hmm. up in the church, or they are not in the church right now. Right. Sure. But yeah, you you're you're kind of hanging out there. Uh, you can have a little bit of food. Yeah. Uh, where are you all going? I think we're gonna gather together and head up to the House of the Moon, like our plan originally was, unless anybody has anything uh, more specific. So, you make your way to the House of the Moon. Get word to somebody that Proto is with. Yeah. um, Sword and to... Be cautious. <laughs> yeah, I want to know what, as a group, we're planning on doing right now. Like, are we just going to start off to the Ardeep Forest? Or are we That's trying to... I mean, I was following your lead, but I thought that our plan was to wake up in the morning. Yeah, that was just before, like, Chuck... Or Frodo was kidnapped. Right. We don't really have any method of getting to him. So that's my brain just being like the understandable problem versus the not understandable problem, but I don't want to like decide that for everybody. Um, Do you think Proto's more depressing? I mean, we just met him. I sort of think the plane conversion seems pretty exciting. Fucked up. <laughs> but, but like, I know that sounds so shit, but like... We just met him. We've been like, living and dying with Chuck, and we met Proto like... Still down to save four him. Four days ago. Yeah. Um, definitely still down to save him, but... I don't know what to do. Um, can we outsource? How how are we <coughs> getting to that arty forest? Can we, we get like a magic portal there, save some time? Wasn't it? Were we gonna maybe like sill dragon? The arty, uh, Yuri would know from the research that you just finished conducting, is not far from Waterdeep. Uh, There's several ways to get there, several directions of approach. The high road that connects many of the major cities along the Sword Coast uh, passes by the western side, southwestern side of the Ardeep Forest, and is a... Um, it's about a day's travel away, a day on the road, so it's not very far. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Um. So Chapa has sending another sending still available. So we could like I could cast 
to Zardoz's sword directly and <laughs> and just be like tell us where tell us when we want our friend back and then at least he's not going to be like he's not going to kill him right away or you could like like say like oh I texted the wrong person type of thing and like send him a, a plan yeah, trap. don't forget the plan to assassinate Zardoz is to be here at this time. Bang, bang. We're going to do this. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I don't know. Mm-hmm. I think we might have to. Might have to. What? Just move on with our plan to. To go to the Ardeep? Yeah. Okay. Um, why don't I. Well, let's fill. You know, we fill Lena in on the situation and everything. Get you up to speed. Our friend got kidnapped. We're trying to figure out what to do. You come to the. Yeah. House the yeah. Okay. Um, and, you know, we want to go and do this Ardeep Forest thing right away. That's our priority, to save our friend Chuck. But we don't know what to do. Um, uh, Lena's going to take this and say, um, uh, this news is troubling. Um, and I'm afraid I have more troubling news to give you. And she tells you about the card and that it no longer shows Chuck. And she puts it out for you to see and says, this has never happened to me before. When I received a message from Selun, it comes to pass. I don't know what this means for your friend. That seems strange. Although it seems to indicate that we must undertake this journey without him. I couldn't say why it could change, but we understand that to be us standing in front of the crypts of the deepening moon, and we're not planning on going with Chuck. Now... The significance of that is far beyond me, but I don't think it means that we should stay away from it. Merely that we may be entering a time when fate is less fixed, when there is an opportunity to, for us to decide the way of the future. Seems that everybody's in agreement. It's time to leave to travel north. No, south. 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 (laughs) Oh, sorry. Southeast. That is what I meant. Here's the here's here's the question I I have for you all. Um, Bronco is on the edge of the the Ark. You could also visit him. You've been given the road. There's, there's two ways that you could approach the RV. Mm-hmm. One is by going south 
along the high road uh, and going up. And this is what um, this is something Yuri would know from looking at maps of the region in his research. You can go south and then cut back north to go to Nightstone, which is on the edge of the Ardy, sort of on the southeastern edge. Or you can head north out of Waterdeep and very quickly take the road towards Golden Fields, which here I can, I've got it right here. So you are here in Waterdeep. This is the Ardeep Forest. If you head out and travel south and then cut back and get to Nightstone, which you know is a city that has a loose, perhaps, alliance with elves in the Ardeep, or you can take this road towards Golden Fields, and you know that Bronco lives right about halfway between there and uh, halfway between Waterdeep and Golden Fields on the exterior of the Ardeep on the banks of the Desert River. Both are not terribly far away. Bronco is a little bit closer. I think the one with the person that we know yeah. would have a separate <clears throat> side quest for, and he might have research for us. Yeah. So, I'm, like, there definitely might be opportunity at the other one, but I think we're going to go north through Golden Fields by way of Broncos. Okay. Um, and does anybody else have anything we're doing? See, I knew it was north! Um, does anybody else have anything we're doing? Anything <laughs> we want to do before we leave the city? Um, yeah. I don't think so. I think I'd like to do a quick insight check on everyone here. Sure. Uh, wait, so are you all at the House of the Moon? Yeah, I think... So, yeah. as you all approach the House of the Moon... Gotcha. Um, you make your way... The, the, the chapel is still open to the public today, but um, <clears throat> everyone roll a perception check. Not you. Just the people who are Oh, um, I don't remember if it's been relevant or not, but Yuri has vigilant blessing currently. It's not all to apply to him. Vigilant blessing for advantage on your next mission. Oh, sick. Eleven. Nine. Twenty-two. This is perception, right? Mm-hmm. Perception. Twenty. Yeah. First time I think I've ever had a decent perception check. Five. <laughs> wow. <laughs> What you, what you uh, Chapa and Bang Bang see as you guys approach, uh, there is a grand marble staircase that rises up to the entranceway and a sort of, um, what's the word that I'm looking for? Not atrium, not like courtyard, but there's a uh, like flat space at the base of these stairs. Um, it's outside, it's outside. Patio. Um, I'm just, I'm missing the exact word for mm-hmm. it. But um, it's part of the sort of entrance way. And it is a place with like a few stone. It's outdoors. It's not an indoor space. It's uh, at the base of this staircase. And it's where the public sort of gather. It's like a meeting place. People will say, like, oh, if I'm going to meet you by the House of the Moon, we're going to meet in this sort of um, vestibule. Vestibule is That's inside, isn't it? Yeah. Uh, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. <laughs> Threshold. Uh, anyways, there's this um, flat space, 
that is made of the same marble as the staircase. And it's large. It's a, it's a, a, a large sort of meeting space. People go there to um, talk and hang out, or the faithful will gather there to like have prayer circles from time to time if they don't want to go into the church proper. Um, as you are walking across this space, you too notice on the ground there is a shadow of what looks like it could have been blood that was scrubbed away. Like you can see this sort of circle. Um, and it looks like it's been cleaned, but somewhat hastily. And you just clock that as you make your way up the stairs. And as you do, you see a somewhat familiar face of a water genasi with the sides of her head shaved and a, uh, like a pile of braids on top that are arranged in a sort of ponytail. Um, this is Silver Star Rain, the attendant and bodyguard of Jaseyle Evening Star, and another member of the Silver Star Order, of which Izzy Hammer is part. She sees you approach. It seems that she was waiting at the doors to this temple for you to approach. And says, ah, you've finally made it. Um, we have been waiting for your arrival. Uh, does this indicate that you're ready to depart for the RD? Indeed it does. There's a couple of small things I did want to ask you about. But yes, that's what we're here for. Okay. Um, first, uh, well, I'm... Wondering if th- if uh, it could be arranged for some of the um, acolytes to keep the soup stall running while we are out of town. You know, keep feeding the hungry. Yes, we. Uh, I'm, I'm glad that you brought something up. We've already spoken. Some of the acolytes within our order uh, have enjoyed that work. I believe you. Um, you know, Selma. I do. She's been, uh, she spent the day yesterday with she's her good companion. She's good people. She's, uh, she's already volunteered to carry on that work. Uh, we, can, we can certainly send members of the clergy. We can send two or three a day to go and carry out that work. Uh, would they be able to have access to your home for preparing um, food? They can get in through the window. Of course, not a problem. <laughs> um, yes, there are no windows. There are more than welcome to it. Yes. And... Um, well, just operating. Is there anybody staying out the house right now? Left. Just left. Oh uh, yeah, you know, just like let the city watch outside know that you're not breaking in. But uh, yeah, absolutely, certainly. Um, we we can make arrangements. Good, wonderful. We'll Thank you. City watch. Wonderful. And now to the other matter. Um. I saw, it looked like, maybe I'm crazy, but a a cleaned up blood stain, one that was quite fresh outside on the, um, on the... Portico? Concourse! Outside on the concourse. The square as well would work. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Oh, (laughs) that. Um, There was an accident. Uh, We were carrying in one of the many ceremonial weapons 
that we keep within the house of the moon. We have brought it out for ceremony, public ceremony, and carrying it in, one of our acolytes clumsily mishandled it and cut themselves. They're fine, but they did spill some blood in the process, and um, we have cleaned it up. Inside. <laughs> I'm not buying that. Fifteen. We're proficient, can we all do it? If you're proficient in insight, you can make a check. Seventeen. Twenty-two. So one. Nineteen. That was another one. <laughs> Julian wow. buys this hook wine and sinker. Oh my god, it was a four, okay. Yeah. Oh my god, it is. Wow, they must have cut themselves really bad. Um, Man, are they okay? Yeah, just so sincere, so so earnest. The rest of you clock this is a big fat snake in life. Oh my god, I can't believe that. Respectfully, Silver Brow, Rain. Silver Star. Silver Star, Rain. Unless that's how you actually want to. No, one of them is it. Ficta is a silver. Somebody's a silver brow. Not a. Am I crazy? Is it Silver Brow, Ilkai Ficta? I mean, if at one point I said Silver Star, I may have... Oh, I had Silver Storm for her. Okay. Silver Silver Storm. Silver Storm. Should be Silver Star. Cool. Silver Star Rain. Um, Respectfully, that seems like a big, fat, stinking lie. And... You would um, question me? Yes. I would. Yes. I just Our safety I don't is really see I don't really see it as your place to question me. Damn. You <laughs> very well may not. <laughs> and if you choose to not tell me more, you may make a persuasion check. But I call no, out I call bullshit when I see it. <laughs> persuasion eleven. Hmm. Hmm. Mr. Chapa, I understand that you've been welcomed into the clergy of Saloon. Do you? And I'm glad for it. <laughs> this was an accident. One of our acolytes injured himself. We cleaned it up. Very well. <laughs> Um, uh, is there anything else we need to attend to before we depart? There are a few things. Um, first of all, we need to link you up with, uh, Angelina. She's been resting in our dormitories for the past day. I wanted to give you some information. Um, based on our most recent surveys conducted by Harper's, the exact location of the crypts remain unknown, but we did have a, when, when, so, when we sent Izzy, he was going to follow a path that would take him first to Nightstone, where he would rendezvous with representatives there who still have some connection to Waterdeep. 
um, and try to make inroads with the elves we know to live in the Ardea. Um, we don't know much about this society. We do know that they are wood elves and that they seem to be descendants of uh, from Evermeet. Uh, from Evermeet. And Yuri, make a uh, make a history check for me. <clears throat> Not big on health things. <laughs> history. Did you say the Evermeet? No, just Evermeet. Fourteen. It's a magical item. It sounds familiar, barbecue. and you're not sure why, but it feels important. What, what, what was what they mentioned again? Uh, Evermeet. That these wood elves um, living in the forest could be descendants from Evermeet. This is not something that Ever-D? you're ever meet. Ever meet. Ever meet. That's about them. Um, this is not something that your research has yet confirmed or denied, but you do know that there are wood elves living in in the Ark. These elves uh, seem interested in guarding the flora and fauna and also some of the uh, ruins and elven points of interest within the forest. Izzy was going to try and meet with a representative of theirs to see if he could find a guide that would take him to the crypts of the Deepening Moon. Um, Nightstone is itself a small fortified settlement that has been rebuilding. Several years ago, seven years to be exact, it was assaulted by cloud giants and uh, basically the place got wrecked. Um, Not many people live there anymore. They are in the process of rebuilding. So it's a small community. Question about elves. Are high elves kind of some like similar to like wood elf, moon elf, or can you be a high elf that is also one of these other kind of elves, like wood elves and moon elves? Or is high elf its like own thing? Is it an ancestry or a title? Yeah, thank you. That's exactly the word I was looking It is an ancestry. The high elves are descendants of moon and sun elves. Okay. Um, which are themselves descendants of a labyrinth, which are like a- more ancient elves. So Yuri, not knowing his family, could be a moon or a sun elf, but potentially. Could be. Okay, so certainly you can tell from looking at an elf. Mm. Sometimes, but not always. You're like a 23 and me kind of thing. <laughs> <laughs> It's called 23 and Ye. God <laughs> <laughs> oh, damn it. I'm trying to do something. Nice one. 23 and I mention all this because <laughs> it was recently determined that we, the church, are going to send a faction of reinforcements to Nightstone. This will include Myself, I will be going to Nightstone with a small battalion of Silver Star Paladins. We're sent there to guard this outpost and see if we can ourselves determine some of the nature of recent 
rumors coming from the region of uh, threats, incursions by dark creatures and forces. Um, ones I, you yourselves will no doubt encounter should you be venturing deeper into the forests. <clears throat> this is a decision made by Giselle herself. Uh, she recognizes that the threat posed by the Ardeep at this point is too great to ignore. So we will be not leaving today. We have some preparations to make ourselves, but we will be leaving soon. This is good to hear that there will be some friendly faces in the region. Perhaps a place to rest and resupply if it comes to it. Our route that we had planned upon taking was a bit different. We were going to head north uh, towards Golden Fields. There is a contact we've heard who's done research into the Ardeep and into um, various magics that are of interest to us. So perhaps it would make most sense for us to go on that route and then down through the Ardeep forest to Nightstone, where you will be arriving. We can regroup, share information, any, anything we've learned from traveling through the forest. And um, if we have not had success, then we could uh, use... That is a place to regroup and recuperate. She nods. This makes sense. The more information we can get, the better. And if this is a trusted resource, I would say there's no reason not to explore it, so long as it doesn't delay your travels unnecessarily. No, I... Well, what's the... Like, it's within a day or so of travel for either direction? After like looking at some maps, you reckon that you could probably get there a little faster. You would still there'd still be the business of crossing the river Deserin and making it into the Ardi. Mm. But um, it, the the differences in time are negligible, yeah. probably. If you're not planning on leaving immediately, and we are, then I think that should more than account for any discrepancies. You will arrive at Nightstone before us, and. Um, Presumably, within a day or two of your arrival, she'll meet you with more information. Um, now, we plan on being back here by the Feast of the Moon at the very latest, but I imagine it won't take nearly that long to reconvene in Nightstone. What day should we plan upon meeting you there? Which is like also a question of how long it seems like it'll take us to go through, like, the army forest, do the crypts, the demon moon, and then meet them in Nightstone. After, hopefully, like, unless we can't find it or whatever. <coughs> we plan to leave within the ten days. This will take a little bit of time to um, logistically plan out, getting together the necessary. Uh, resources, rations, etc. But we, we plan to be there by the end of the 10-day release. Uh, very good, very good. Um, How much of 
your forces would this represent? Are you leaving the House of the Moon undefended? The House of the Moon is one of the best defended buildings in the city. And while any loss of numbers, of course, decreases that defense, let's just say I would feel more comfortable staying here than anywhere else in the city. Even though it tends to be destroyed every once in a while. Look, it is... Has the House of the Moon been attacked before? Yes. Has it fallen before? Yes. <laughs> this is known by history. Whoa. Thanks. We have always built back, and we've always built back stronger. Mm-hmm. It is not a... It is not a terribly significant large, significantly large number of forces. It is not insignificant either, but there will be a good number of people remaining to protect. Good. Good indeed. Um, is there other business? I just want to make sure um, Chuck isn't going to be buried on the 22nd anymore, all right? Now that he's stable. That was Your our friend original is stable, and thanks to the service you have provided, uh, we have agreed to keep him here so long as we can or as necessary. Very good. I just didn't want to make sure. But yeah, yeah, great. Um, He's been made comfortable in, as we said, and don't take offense based on the name, but the cells. Yes, honestly, he's probably injured. It's fine. Um, I think we should go. I want to do what we need to do to get him back as soon as possible. Um, great. Let's do it. Let's go. Unless there's anything else. No, all you need to do is wait as Angelina is summoned and brought down uh, to meet with you all. And you have assembled. The conversation that we had a little while ago has happened now. (laughs) Right, exactly. (laughs) We share our troubling news. Oh, that was great. (laughs) How did did you you share what you saw? Yeah. Well, well, I I shared the thing about Chuck earlier, okay. but that was okay. We I'm gonna say that. Uh, yeah. So, are you doing this like the second you meet, or are you guys trying to like get on the road? What's well, they, your... they told me about um, their friend Proto. Yeah, yeah. I think um, we would want to like talk about it right when we meet. Yeah. Um, and then the only other thing I was thinking we may need to. Do or decide if we're doing before we leave the city is if we're going to the bank to put money in the bank or if we're going to bring all of our money with us. Okay. Should, or are we going to spend it all? We should not take our money. We should not take Can we just say that we've done it or do we have to roll You don't need to roll it. You can go to the bank. It's going to take time. Um, you can go, but it, it'll, it'll take about an hour of time to get there and like just set everything up. But 
Yeah. Before everyone like disassembles, I think I'm not really sure if I can. I like just met y'all, and I don't know if I can like trust everyone yet. So I feel like I'd like to do some sort of like insight check or like pull a card or something to get some guidance about if I should share what I saw uh, last night. What are you? You're asking whether you can trust them or not? Yeah, I, like what kind of check? Uh, make an insight check. Okay. <clears throat> uh, that is a 15 total. I gave you a big smile and like two thumbs up. <laughs> <laughs> what is the, what is the nature of your mistrust for them? What is causing, aside from them being new people, what is the nature of your mistrust? It's 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 mainly that they're new. I don't I don't know. Nothing um, about... I don't know, like... I know my own abilities, right? I don't sure. know what they can do, what they can handle. Is this, a, like, you don't trust their strength or you don't trust their intentions? Uh, like, a little bit of both. I think what I trust I that this. Saloon has put me in there. I think that yesterday during mm-hmm. your uh, travels with mm-hmm. Selma throughout the city... One of the many town criers, city criers, were were heralding the triumphant return of a fortune, a vast sum of gold that was returned thanks to the heroic actions of a group of uh, just common people. And that through, like, coordinated work with the Blackstaff, this probably would have, you know, this conversation would have happened as you were passing by the Blackstaff Tower... Um, through coordinated efforts with the Black Staff, we're able to uh, bravely discover and recover this gold and return it to the city. And Selma describes that the people that you're going with on this adventure are the very same people who just accomplished this feat. Um, you're inside of 15. Sometimes you just need to spend time with people before you can get a read on them, but nothing that you've seen of them in your very brief encounter is immediately would immediately put you off guard. Okay. But I think this is one of those things that like if you want to role play it, you can role play mistrusting them and, and withholding information. That's okay. Okay. I'm gonna I think I'm gonna say um, there's one more thing that I need to tell. Where are you? Where are you talking about? This? Are we? That's why I was going to ask. Are we in a room alone? Or you're outside. You're, you're outside. in the same. You're like you were brought down to them, and you are standing in this public meeting place, the square outside of the House of the Moon. Um, I think I'm gonna like look around and say, um, do you know of some place more private where we could talk? Um, not specifically, um, Don't do you I, have a bedroom? like, can we, can we, can we hang out in your room find on the bed? Is my room <laughs> private? It's in the church. Mm. I don't want to go to bed. Yeah. <laughs> Why don't we? I think we should get on the road for a walk. Maybe we can talk about it on the way. Yes. Let's hit the road. And we can talk about it outside city okay. limits. So, you get your things together. You make a pit stop at the bank. And you deposit how much of your money? 
I'm depositing everything. Can we also, do we also, uh, well, if we track how much we subtracted from our shopping trip, just for inventory purposes? Um, I think we, I did it all for my own stuff. Yeah, that I did it all for my own stuff, but I was just taking money from, because I think you were like still holding on to the money. Um, I didn't have it on my person. I think we all got like yeah. Five so yeah, I just can't carry all that. So it was like Chopper was still holding it for me. Gotcha. But you should still mm-hmm. take it off of your. You should still like have it on your character sheet's inventory for how much gold you have. Because mm-hmm. I'm not tracking it for you. <laughs> oh. um, six thousand six hundred and sixty-six. That's right. Six six six. Um. What I'm doing is depositing all of the party loot currency. So I'm keeping like a thousand gold. Well, maybe I'll, can I convert it up? Because we're at the bank to platinum for carrying weight purposes. You can use some conversions. Yeah. Um, so there I, is a surcharge, of course. Never mind, I'll keep it. None of the small vendors along the way are going to accept platinum. Uh, so I'm going to deposit all of the party gold into a bank account with the understanding, correct me if I'm wrong, that it effectively just holds our money. We could access it in different cities or places where there is a bank. There are also some exciting investment opportunities if you're... Uh, Interesting. Um, you don't need to role play. I just want to, I'm, yeah, I'm not going to make any investment decisions today. Maybe but we you're welcome to send though. me some mail at <laughs> etc. Um, but yes, your your the your money is essentially in the bank of Waterdeep. If you go to any city that is within the Lord's Alliance, uh, they can communicate with the bank of Waterdeep, and who will vouch that you have that money, and there can be like cross city transactions that take place as well. Great. It is... I want to deposit everything but, like, a hundred. Um, so I'm putting a tab. Yeah, I'm putting a line item for any individual savings account you want to open. Tell me what should go in there. This is all in the water deep spreadsheet. Um, oh, okay. Yeah, good. Yeah, I just want to keep, like, a hundred gold. So you should tell me what... I should tell you what amount you want to put in. Um, what is it? Platinum is ten gold. Yep. So yes. I'd like you to just put six thousand gold into my savings account. Should I change anything about this, or we just? You all are in charge of keeping track of your own money. If it's in the bank account or the party loot, I will keep track of it. If it's so something that's on your person, 6, yes, yeah, okay. yeah. If you're putting money in the bank, take it out of your personal source. Um, yeah. I'd like to deposit six thousand four hundred gold. Great. I'd also like to deposit six thousand gold. Pull out my calculator. Calculator. Stupid. Um, <laughs> Chapa sets it all up so anybody can access the party bank account and individuals can access their personal lines. Um, however, that I fill out all the paperwork. Mm-hmm. 
Um, Do we get custom checks? Moonline banking. I'm going to start a uh, trust fund for Newton. <laughs> so I think we're good, Just right? Forever. Rumble, are you putting money in? <laughs> yes, I'm putting 4,662 gold in. 4,662. Sorry, 4,626. 4,626 gold. Choppa is not putting any in because he spent a bunch and I'm going to carry a decent amount of money because I think we might have some expenses. And then I can make pay me back. Uh, okay, so let's go. We're good. We're good. We're good. Good. You make your way out of Waterdeep. You have come this way once before. You exit through the north gate via the north yard and out onto the high road where the road is not as populated as when you left earlier in the season when many were arriving to do trade and bring their late season harvests. At this point, Travelers are fewer and further between the Jebo. I want to make sure that we have the gift for Izzy Hammer. Where was that gift? Chuck had it. Yes. Well, we so we're like going through the gates and Chop was like, Wait! Oh, shit! Uh, there was a gift that we had to give to Izzy Hammer for Chuck's mentor. Uh, Chuck had it. It was uh, not a flask. It was a necklace. And um, we need to go back and get it. Sorry. So we turn around and go back to the house of the moon. <laughs> so. Did Chuck have like a bag that that stuff would be in? Presumably, yeah. Would it be with the body? I don't know. This is the question I have been waiting to come up. Um, <laughs> Four hours later, I just it is in. Uh, it is, it was in Chuck's backpack, which I'm going to say you all brought back to Troll Skull following the adventures. So you can go to Troll Skull and grab it. And I'm going to say, just for the sake of expediency, you remember this as you're leaving the bank when thoughts of money and loot are on your mind. You just head across town, head out. You are now hitting the road. You have the necklace. It is a good thing that necklace was not on Chuck's body when he was brought to the House of the Moon because it is a relic from the House of the Moon. Oh. Mm. Spicy. Um, You all have been not super curious about this necklace. No. Can I do an archive check on it now that I see it? Absolutely, you can. Um, what, uh, we should figure out what's the item that we have for Eronia, or is there, there's nothing for Eronia, we just deliver <clears> all but, okay, so we should figure out what the key is, too. You don't, yeah, that, I mean, that, that's a, that is a ping question. Right. Oh, yeah. I just mean, like, while well, you're doing Arcana rolls. 25. Nice. This is definitely magical. This is <laughs> magical. Mm. What's surprising? It's, it's very magical. Magical signature off the charm. Popping. Uh, one's number. 
also, as we're traveling, Yuri's just, like, talking at them about all the things he learned about the RD forest so that they all know what he learned. Mm-hmm. Don't stop the wolf to steal the matches. Some crazy shit happened. The end of a tree. 150 years ago. Anyone else? Mm-hmm. Yeah, left the forest. Don't know where they are now. Yeah. Um... <clears throat> It's a, it's a circular silver brooch inset with a faintly glowing spherical moon on a silver chain. It doesn't know anything that, like, like what it's used for? Um... Then, like, an Arcana check doesn't tell you what a magic item is, but it can help you identify that it is magical. Gotcha. How would we be able to determine the identifies? Is that the only way? Um, if you could confirm it in a book, like, if you had it and there's a description in a book, was like, this heirloom, or if you yeah. show it to somebody who knows what, what it is, like, if you talk to somebody at the House of the Moon about it, and we're like, hey, we've got this thing. Um, they might able to identify it. Um, is it Yuri? Does it seem like something one could attune to? I could spend some. Or time. you can attune to it. Yeah, could spend some time focusing on it. Yeah, it definitely seems like something that uh, you could attune to. Yes. Uh, would anybody object? Uh, not anything permanent, but just to find out what it is. You seem like the seems right like your style. Like curious. Uh, I also, I never said it out loud, but I attuned to the Ring of Warmth, just so you know. That's fine. If, <laughs> if you have an item that requires attunement, you don't need to tell me that you're attuned to it. Just be, uh, you know, it's honest like, about we not just attuning to more than three things, unless you have something that allows you to. And, um, yeah, I I trust you all to keep track of this thing for yourself. It'd be too much for me. Um, like gold. Chapa, as we're walking, if as as long as I can do that at the same time, will attune to it. Also, I thought, um, uh, as we're on our way out to the gates, uh, perhaps there's a spot to rent a horse and a wagon. Yorick could sit in the back and study. Uh, we travel. Yeah. Love that. Overnight. Uh, Chapa, you attune to this over the course of an hour. You guys are just walking, right? Well, I was just saying, can we, like, also get a wagon? Maybe even just, like, a... Yeah, there's a, there's a place where you can, can... If you wanted to get a wagon, if you wanted to, like, purchase these things, mm-hmm. you can do so at the exit to the town. There's, like, people who sell horses and wagons. Where are we traveling? We have money now. We can, like, buy our own horses. <laughs> Yeah, you, you have the funds. Yeah. Uh, you did just deposit a lot of them, so we'll see cost-wise whether you can still afford this after all the money. Right. Well, that's part of why I held on to a lot of my money. Like, I sold a thousand dollars. Why don't you have debit cards? Um, <laughs> how about... I mean, like, I'm fine with... Chavo would be fine with walking, but maybe if we want to... I was thinking, get a horse and a wagon to pull Yuri so that he can study... Actively, like well, using that, that whole traveling time to build like a makeshift litter, like a little like, thing carry you. Well, <laughs> are we kind of going into the evening? Won't we need to sleep sort of going into this and maybe having a wagon? Make so sense. Let's yeah. find an inn. Right. 
Um, so we'll get like the rations that we need. Yes. Um, so a wagon costs thirty-five gold pieces. So cheap. Is that like to have a, a driver drive us somewhere? No, that's just for the rent, wagon to rent it. Yeah. So we need horses. <clears throat> so I guess this is maybe an easier way to go about this is, do you want a wagon that you guys can own with horses that you can own? Or do you want rent. to rent someone who can like basically transport you, like a taxi, sort of? Yeah, we need an Uber. Uh, well, I was thinking an Uber, Uber or, or like a rental. We want a car rental. Right, exactly. Yeah, I want a car rental. I, I don't want a horse person and a uh, wagon that I can return in 10 days for 50% of our money back. But what if we have to ditch it somewhere? Um, well, maybe we, buy, maybe we buy it and ask about it. Do you want there to be a person who's driving it for you, or do you all just want it for yourself? Well, I think we just want it for ourselves. For ourselves. So, so we need a hiring If you want to rent a uh, a wagon and the horse, you the horse. Well, do you want just something like small, or do you want something big? It's a bit like. You basically have the option of getting a single horse-drawn wagon, which like two or three people could sit in the back of it while another person is sort of guiding the horse by hand. Or you could get a stagecoach, which essentially would be drawn by two horses, and everyone can get in the back of it. And at the end of the day, you would need to like feed and water the horses and do that whole thing. I think, and there'd need to be somebody driving it. I think one horse. One wagon, just for some extra gear, and one person, like a driver, a passenger, and yeah. our extra gear. Okay. So, to rent something like that, I'm going to say it's going to cost you... Uh, there's a, a rental fee itself, which for how long do you want? Uh, a 10 day a 10 day uh, the horse would be 10 gold the feed for it would be an additional 5 gold the wagon would be uh, 35 gold And for like all of the barding, bridle, like those sorts of things, there's just an additional like equipment surcharge of five gold. This is more expensive than just buying this stuff? All of that together is the price of rental. If anything should happen to anything, like if the cart gets damaged or destroyed, you'd need to pay an additional 35 gold. Can we request Mayor Maxine? <laughs> um, if the horse dies, yeah. you have to pay 50 gold. I think we should just buy the fucking horse. <laughs> you can you sell can a sell horse. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, It's famously a thing people do. Sure. Um, how, what if we just buy it? You can okay. buy a draft horse for 50 gold pieces. Yeah. You can buy enough food, like enough grain for it, uh, for, for a 10-day for 5 gold. You can buy a wagon for 60 gold pieces. I don't know if I said it was 35. That was from the Good. I thought you had said that earlier. That's fine. I just... Um... I thought so, too. Yeah. That's what I heard. Mm-hmm. 
We heard 35 to buy the wagon. Do you want to haggle? 45, best of <laughs> No, I want to make pay. a persuasion check. Someone make a persuasion yeah. check. Julian. Take some guidance, Julian. Give us a good deal, little buddy. <laughs> Can I help? <laughs> Please. Wait, I, I, I'll help because I can give you a. I can give you my luck point. Oh. And you're use command just to be like, fudge. <laughs> <laughs> Roll another. It's like 20. drugging a vendor to get and a good deal. <laughs> yeah. Use control for <laughs> seven plus four. <laughs> 15, 16, 17, 18, 19, and what's there an extra luck point you said? Luck point lets you roll another d20 and then choose a higher d20. Okay, so 19. Uh, with a 19, you're trading with a middle-aged woman who has very, like, work-worn hands, is sort of, like, dirt-stained and wearing very humble work clothing. They seem to be a rancher of some kind, and she, as you start to haggle down the price, she's like, oh, I like you. <laughs> yeah, I think we can do 35 gold for a wagon. So long as you promise to come and say hi next time we come to the city. Uh, I'd love to say hi. Let's do it. <laughs> deal. So oh, Amos and Larry, this is the sort of deal we're going to shake on. <laughs> oh, no. How do you, you want to... Why don't you give me a little kiss? <laughs> oh, no. Guys. <laughs> On the hands. Look for the team. That's she sort level. of bends over and just presents a cheek. Okay. 35 gold for the wagon. 50 for the horse. I press the digitate in my mouth. And you know what? Because I like your little friend, I'll just throw in the barney. <laughs> Throwing the one, throwing the bit in the bridle, oh. all that sort of stuff. Barding his horse off. Yeah. So that was a ninety gold. Ninety deal. That was uncomfortable. I'm happy to just cover that. <laughs> I don't ever spend money on me. Very kind of you, my bang bang. My bang bang, my bang bang, <laughs> bang bang. <laughs> um, so we buy a horse. I hand over the cash. Feed, gear, and wagon. So you got a horse. <laughs> you want to know it's uncomfortable. Um, yes, it's... What does it look like? It is a uh, dappled draft horse. It is mostly brown with a few little white flecks on it, and it has a white star. Doing it. Doing it. Doing What's Gandalf's horse name? And it's got like it's got those hooves that have like the really long hair kind of coming down over it. It is uh, a mare. Let's name it Chuck. <laughs> <laughs> Always with us. Come on, Chuck. Uh, I love it. Yeah, I'm good with that. <laughs> I also like Shadowfax or Neverending Story Artax. Is Never Ending horse? Story Artax is a bit of a mouthful. <laughs> 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 Um, Chuck, you have a wagon. Story, you have a horse. <laughs> the horse you, is named Chuck. Uh, <laughs> Just Chuck. Depart, heading north. Do we have rations? Uh, you like tell me. Ten rations. Yes. Are you shopping for rations? Um, well, I assume we could buy some at the horse rations. feed store. <laughs> uh, we can only horse feed. Are we going to be passing any water? <laughs> I'm going to say that at this at this place where you are, you 
there's no one selling rations immediately around you. There's like horses for sale and wagons and stuff for travelers. If there's horses, um, there's rations. You could probably, you, like, there are some hunters around here who would sell you recently killed game, but it might not keep beyond a, a night or so. Okay, like we'll smoked like, jerky or something. I'm sure That's we'll, what rations are. I'm sure we'll pass well, them at the I guess what I'm say, I guess what I'm saying is, like, Can I, say that I gave you a day to prepare to for a big adventure out of the town. I mean, I have rations, so... I have you can also hunt out in the... Why, do you the my, why does one of my rations weigh two pounds and one weigh 20 pounds? Uh, is there... Probably one of those. One of It's a stack. One of them is a stack of rations. Five of them. Yeah. I think... Uh, yeah. So pounds one, each, yeah. you, you consume one ration per day. Uh, you can always hunt for rations or forage for rations. Um, you have an accomplished spear fisherman with you. Raise your hand if you don't have rations on your character sheet. Oh, you don't require did you bring muffin making supplies? I've got rations. One day of rations. One day? One day of rations. Do you have multiple one day of rations? Why do I feel like Yuri would see that and be like, yeah, I'm good forever. The, I, the item name is rations one day, but you might have more. Oh, I've got three of them. Okay. Three days yeah. of rations. I've got six. I've got five. I also have six. Six or something. Everyone's got rations. If okay. you want to buy more, five or ten. you can head back into the city. Oh, I have. I think we're good for right now because we've got like at least four days for everybody between everything. We're going to be seeing people going to towns. Oh, quantity. So I have ten. So uh, you head out onto the high road onto adventure. And uh, as you go, the sun to your left is beginning to set over the sea. You can travel probably another two to three hours before it is dark, so you won't be able to get very far today unless you want to travel through the nighttime. Uh, Traveling at night is possible, but there could be a complication from doing so, and you will also begin to take exhaustion points because you have been awake now for an entire day. However, as you get out onto the road, and beyond the city limits of Waterdeep, beyond the sort of surrounding um, settlements and communities and farmsteads, there's a moment of peace and privacy, during which, Angelina, you feel that there's no one around to listen to anything sensitive you want to communicate. Okay, I say, um, uh, I didn't want to say when we were still at the house of being, but something happened last night, and I told them about um, what I saw. You all listen to a story, and you learn that Gitane, although you're not sure if it's the same Gitane, although it certainly sounds like it, was found dead and brought into the House of the Moon and that at some point there was a covering on the body that 
bore a black circle in the center. Hmm. Why was Gitane at the house of hmm? That's not where she works. No, I don't know. And was this something? Did it happen at the House of the Moon? We saw the blood stain, and I have to assume the black circle is a sign of shard. But I'm trying to rack my memory. Remember, if we've seen anything like that before, and I make the history check. Black circle is blood, right? No, no. There was okay. blood. So this, this covering was like a deep purple uh-huh. with a black circle in the center, and then there's also a big blood stain. Okay. Who was it that was making all those purple robes? They had symbols on them. It was right. related to the stolen children. One of the noble families the that we burned house their house down. House, house, oh, house, 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 house you burned down Oops. were uh, <laughs> no, yeah. were discovered by Vincent Trent right. to... Be in the garment-making business. And of late, they had become sort of... They had retreated from society, and they'd been remaining seemingly in their house following the disappearance of their child. And you went to their house and discovered in their basement a ritualistic space. Was it a teleportation circle? Was there? There was no teleportation no. circle there, but there was a statue that bore two daggers and had its face covered. The statue bore the likeness of a woman with a covered face holding two daggers cross-armed over her chest. You also found a dead body in that space and several vials of poison, which you later identified to be the same poison used to... Poison to poison a soup. batch of soup. Right, Try right. to poison a batch of soup. The Tollies, to the best of your knowledge, have been in prison since yeah. that evening. And the clothing that they had been fabricating. And you also saw a tapestry with the same symbol on it in their home hanging over their bed. It was purple with a black circle in the center. Wow. So it's very much related. So they were... They ordered tapestries of the same aesthetic. Also, I have in my notes, maybe I have it flipped, it said they placed, placed an order for black robes with a purple circle on them. So it's inverted. So I'm not sure if it's the same. Or I could have miswrote that. I may have crossed my own wires, but for the purposes of clarity moving forward, that should have been purple, purple black or black circle. And so, it is related. so they're related. Yeah. Whoa. Could that have been a statue of Shar? That's what I was wondering. Oh my god. Yeah. <clears throat> Three foot figurine, eyes covered, menacing smile, holding dagger. That's crazy. Do you know, does that sound like a representation of Shar to you? It sounds like the statue of Selun that was made to look like. That's right. Oh. The rift. From dagger to dagger. Yes. Yes. In your vision. The basement of House Tolly, perhaps we should not have left the city. I will say, the statue that you saw in your vision is not the same. That was a three-foot figure. Yeah. The statue you saw stood like 12 feet tall. Mm. 
But the daggers. But the daggers and the likeness. And what you, the difference as well is that you know that the statue was of Saloon, but that it had been somewhat desecrated. It's a, it's a, it sounds profaned. like it doesn't sound Profaned, like yes. Well, because they had put the daggers in her hands. Yes. So Also, Saloon's likeness, is, Saloon and Shar are twins, but they're dif- the difference in their likeness is that Saloon is often depicted with silvery hair and a very... Uh, like a much more like pleasant countenance, whereas Shar is usually depicted with black hair and a sort of wicked grin. Mm-hmm. And the way that this statue had been profaned was that the hair had been darkened, like the space where the hair had been darkened. There had been some uh, like fabrics draped over it to make it uh, appear, yes, more like Shar, and that the daggers had been uh, affixed in the hands that before looked like they were making some sort of gesture um, that was not the same as this like crossed arm gesture of the figurine that you saw. Yeah. Some fucked up shit. Uh, it sounds like similar. Uh, the most strange, indeed. Are we traveling already? You're on the road. You're having this conversation on the road. The sun is setting to your left. Pretty soon you're going to have to think about either making camp or traveling through the night and risking exhaustion. I, I think wanna, we'll be making camp. Soon. To read. I want to ask You've first, been reading this whole time. Was the whole point of getting away? I want to say, um, you know this person that I saw last night? We think we do, yes. We know a good tame. She's a tiefling. Purple skin. Uh, pink skin. Purple hair. Does that... Was the body so, that I saw pink and purple? Say that again? Was the body that I saw pink and purple? Which body? I, hand, I saw like a foot or a hand. Oh, you rolled a 19, right? Yeah. With a 19, you remember the foot you saw dangling over the side was a patent leather stiletto boot. That's a... <laughs> and you would have seen a hand trailing over the side that was kind of purplish. Yeah, okay. Yeah, I, 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 I have written down as a description bombshell, tiefling, no nonsense, pink skin, purple hair, white eyes, into tight leather, and knives. She's pink really yes. dark on knives. Knives. Like the person what? that I saw. Mm. Yes. Wasted talent. What is the context that you notice? Um, she's a bouncer at the Widow's Walk. Nice. Now, really good at nice. She was a bouncer. Uh, now, there's really sexy. Silverstar, Izzy Hammer, who we're traveling to save. One, because he's a holy man who needs saving, and two, because Chuck needed to deliver a gift to him, this necklace that I'm wearing, actually, and uh, because he was in a band with Chuck's mentor, Eronio Sinfonio. Now, the owner of the Widow's Walk, the bar where Gitane was a bouncer, is also a member of, a previous member of that band, the Pink Symphony. Chuck's so, a goat, not the horse. Yes. Yeah, right. <laughs> I didn't know the horse could sing. <laughs> <laughs> it's Marcus snoring. He does snore a little bit. Yeah. That is most distressing indeed. Uh, why? It, it sounds, though, that Gitane was a follower of Saloon, and that something was 
done to her, so I can... That is what it sounds like, a willing Absolutely. sacrifice, perhaps? Right. Well, perhaps she was corrupted, mm-hmm. turned to Shar. Um, they said, you said, they said, um, that it was one of, one of theirs, one of yours, that this happened to, presuming that they were of saloon, but then when investigated, they said that they did this willingly, mm-hmm. they were delivered by friends, yes. and there are many of them, so perhaps some secret underground worship Shah is connected to this growing darkness. Am I reading about the Ardeep still, or can I switch to a different book? Um, are you researching right now? Yeah, while they're chatting, I'm in the back of the wagon just reading. Right. Uh, sure. I'm going to say that you have two hours, but it's focused. So focused, I have a focused two hours in which hours. you can't... You're, you're like... Very deep into a, um, why can't I think of the word? You're on some study drugs right now. You're yeah, on some magical Adderall. Yeah, Adderall. exactly. It was Adderall. Yeah. <laughs> um, but I did, was it, tell these drugs, but then, curry. Um, I feel like these things are probably, like, penetrating your thoughts vaguely, but, like, you don't even, like, look up to, like, part, like, you have to be focused on this. Because I'd love to switch to the Night Hag book while we're... Wagoning, uh, so I can read about the Pitor. You can spend two hours doing that, mm-hmm. which is or, more, which I still this have is Twingo powers. This is the same day that charm. I think I might need to iron out this charm, but <laughs> before I, the next dawn, before the next dawn, you can use it once. That's oh, how okay. it should be. Got you. Um, it's not that before the next dawn you can just keep using and using and using. So it. two normal hours. Uh. For now, I'm going to say that you have two normal hours to read this book. In two normal hours, there's not a ton that you can glean, but go ahead and make a investigation check. Two normal hours. Yes. So you basically get through like the introduction of this book. Um and you learn the following about hags. <laughs> Have a great summer. <laughs> There's a lot. This is a this is a big old book. Um, hags and crones. Hags are crones who represent corruption of ideals and goals, and they delight in seeing the innocent and good brought low. They are inhuman monsters. Their forms twisted by evil. They are shape changers and blasphemers. They ally with other hags to form magical covens with extra powers. They collect and remember secret knowledge that is better lost and forgotten. Desperate mortals come to them looking for advice, only to have their requests fulfilled in ways that bring great suffering to themselves and their loved ones. There's a quote in your book by the great sage Elminster. The hags put a spell on me three times three and made their slave and made me their slave for a thousand days. I was a young fool, tis true, but those were dark days. 
Creepy. Hags are mysterious, unfathomable, dangerous, especially from the viewpoint of mortals. These are not mortal creatures. One day a hag might be stealing and eating children that wander into the woods. On another day, she might be making lewd jokes to adventurers asking her for advice. And the next, she might be uprooting saplings to make a fence around her home for impaling intruders. It is nearly impossible to predict how a hag will act from day to day, sometimes from moment to moment, which is why folk with any wisdom at all give hags a wide berth. Hags perceive ugliness as beauty and vice versa. They revel in having a hideous appearance and sometimes go out of their way to improve upon it by picking at sores, wearing skins and bones as decoration, and rubbing refuse and dirt into their hair and clothing. Because both the seely and the unseely court appreciate and revere true beauty among the fae, hags are almost never found in either place. The Summer Queen and the Queen of Air and Darkness recognize that hags have valuable knowledge and impressive magic, but they can't abide by the stain on the beauty of their surroundings, so most hags are excluded from both courts. Like the rare few accepted as courtiers are either so influential that their entry can't be refused, or young and humble enough to be willing to use magic to put on a prettier appearance. Other hags aren't upset by their exclusion. They like to be left alone to their own schemes, not constrained by the fae queen's whims, and to be able to talk out of both sides of their mouths. Hags are virtually immortal, with a lifespan greater than that of even dragons and elves. The oldest, wisest, and most powerful hags are called grandmothers by other hags. Some grandmothers are nearly as powerful as some of the archfey. Yikes. And that's about as far as you get. About as much as you glean. You don't... You also get the sense that there are many different types of hags. Um, there's mention of green hags, sea hags, boar hags, anise hags, night hags, all manner. This book is about night hags specifically. You previously said this book does discuss night hags. It mentions the other ones, but it seems to be giving a broad... You're in, like, a kind of broad overview section, and you get the sense that deeper into the book, it becomes more and more particular. But it gives a broad overview to start. And maybe the Cordorce will be mentioned. Who's to say? Who's to say? Good, Good intro, though. Thank you. You are. <laughs> yeah. um, I think maybe I've been mixing up. Shar... Is Shard different from the Queen of Air and Darkness? Yes. 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 Very interesting that they are not welcome in either court. That was the most interesting piece for me. Because it seems like there's some kind of teamwork going on between the followers of Shar and also the Queen of Air and Darkness, the Darklings. I can definitely see like where there would be yes, common cause. But like Shar is a god proper. And the Queen of Errant Darkness is like the, like, royalty of the Fae, right? Of the yeah, Shadowfell, like, evil, unseelie court. Yeah. So, so she's what like... Are, what is the connection? It wouldn't be unreasonable to think that Shar works through or with or, like... 
likes the things that the unseelie court is doing, but we don't have any specific information about any relationships between them. If this form of air and darkness might not work with hags, but Shar would. So I feel like Shar is the common thread here. That would make sense. Uh, yeah, or I don't know. Above table check-in. It is 4.55. I think this is a natural ending point. The only thing I want to do is ask somebody to make a survival check so you can set up camp for the night. I can do survival. Um, and will, if somebody could make it with assistance. I will aid you and give you guidance. Cool. And now I'm going to a good camp. Good camp. Yes, the necklace. And I want to you end move. by casting sending to shit packs our answer. What is okay. What was it? Uh, five. <clears throat> but I assistance, do I get advantage? Point? Do I get advantage with assistance? Yeah, you okay. would get advantage. And did you use guidance? Uh, I haven't yet. Okay, yeah, so do that too. Okay. Well, 10 plus 5 is 15. 16. 16. 16. 16. 16. Do you all want to set up close to the road or farther away from the road? 200 feet from trail, please. 200 feet from trail. <laughs> um, thank you, Julian. <laughs> You're in an area that's mostly like uh, rolling hills and scrub brush and grasses as it approaches the sort of cliffy, stony uh, coast. Um, But there are a few little dells, a few little inlet areas, and you pull your wagon and horse off the road and travel about 200 feet and are able to make a nice, comfortable camp out of view of the road um, for the most part. And, I think I'm uh, used to setting up camp in sewers, so like this whole outdoors <laughs> thing is a little new to me. Yeah, but yeah. I got the basics. But it down. smells great. <laughs> um, you're sleeping underneath the wagon. <laughs> yeah, you, you're looking for something to put your back against, and it's kind of like something that you can like kind of create a little bit of a, and it's hard. But you do find a little bit of a depression and a stony outcropping that you can get a little like one side of you at least is protected from the wind. And uh, you have a little bit of a uh, natural blockage from the road. And uh, you set up camp. You have a little fire crackling. You can take the evening to rest. And Chapa, after about an hour of contemplating and meditating on this brooch, you discover it to be a brooch of blue moon, which you can add to your inventory. Crafted during a rare blue moon, this brooch provides its wearer with similar opportunities to vanish and be obscured, while resisting the beguiling forces of night. Stylized to look like a full moon with a gentle blue glow surrounding it, this brooch also gives off a low, (coughs) harmonious hum that only the wearer can hear when its magic is being used. You feel this hum sort of suffuse with your body. This brooch has three charges. To you, if you use two charges, you can cast Invisibility. If you use two charges, you can cast Pass Without a Trace. Or if you use one charge, you can cast Disguise Self. The brooch, brooch regains one charge every moonrise in all charges during the full moon. Oh, that's, that's cool. cool. Um, do we want to do a quick roll-off for that? 
Um, like I, you're attuned to it. You're attuned. You yeah, it. I'm interested in it, but that doesn't feel like. I mean, we didn't make any decisions about that. I don't want to sure. share. I could be invisible. Right, that could be helpful yeah. for any of us. I can already cast um, invisibility. So <laughs> you want to roll for it? Sure. Do you want to roll for it? No. What was it? The well, this maybe brooch. yeah. The brooch from Chuck to give to Izzy Hammer. But for carrying it for the I would also make a make a religion check for me. Like you know they stole that from the church, right? Uh we're just like waving around like something we stole from the sorts of artifacts don't really play a part in your understanding and interpretation of Saloon's religion. The 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 place that you existed was very humble and stark. Sort of Spartan, almost. Not in like a brutal sense, uh, like emotionally, but just that you all got by with very little. There wasn't a lot of the sort of ceremonial, like, flair. And being in the House of the Moon, like, where everything is sort of gilded and silvery and, like, opalescent, you were very, like, overawed by the sheer magnificence of the House of the Moon. Um, you came from a place where the walls were sort of bleach white and simple, and there might be, like, one very, uh, like, rudimentary depiction of the moon hanging from one wall, or, like, the moon maiden herself, perhaps, uh, in, like, a stained glass window would be, like, the most, mm-hmm. like, a small stained glass window yeah. would be the most, uh, the biggest show of options. Mm-hmm. Um, this necklace means nothing to you. <laughs> <laughs> um... You want to roll for it, Julian? Let's roll. Rock, paper, scissors. Ready? Let's go. Oh, that's not good for you. <laughs> what if you even like re-roll them? No, it doesn't make any sense. I got a 19. Um, Julian's gonna give... I'm just kidding. Julian's gonna give Chapa some puppy dog eyes. It or looks really job. cool. Yeah. <laughs> Persuasion check against your, uh, I don't know, I feel like this is like a, a, a wisdom save. Yeah, or that makes sense. Saves. Um, I think charisma would be better. Fair enough. Well, I've got plus one to saves from, um, my new cloak of protection. That will be a 22. Charisma save, mm-hmm. 22. Oh, <laughs> well, I don't know. I feel like you missed. Well, you got, you, got the higher you, charisma modifier. What's your charisma But you modifier? got the DC. If it's a charisma save and you rolled up to the number, then it should go to it's Julian. It's true. I rolled a 15 and my modifier is 7. My modifier is 5. And I rolled a 17. So either way, it goes to Julian. So Chavo's looking at Julian like... Oh. Please... <laughs> Okay, you little scamp. You know so, what? Do something sneaky with it. You Don't use all those charges in one place, though. You can <laughs> add, this to your, add this to your inventory on D&D Beyond. If you can, it's called Brocha Blue Moon. It is a homebrew item. You can. We'll add it on D&D Beyond. Yeah. Uh, and you, uh, to, to end this session, you are going to send to Zardoz Zorg. Yeah. Oh. I cast <clears throat> my last third level... Spell of the day, and um, 
You're not very important right now. Yeah. <laughs> um, I, I focus on Zardoz's sword in my mind, and I cast the spell, and I say, Fuck you! <laughs> we will be getting our friend back. Tell us where and when and I'm going to be out of town. (laughs) And you will see us. Punk. We don't love you, bye. I don't love you. (laughs) Bye. This is Chopper. Goodbye, the Goodbye, you piece of shit. <laughs> well, bye, you piece of shit. Um, and then he... Do you know that video? Yeah. I'd rather date a spider or a rat. You And then Chapa like, nods and waits for a response. Which you receive. I'm gonna... What? Wait, sorry. Let's I'm like ahead. receiving a response. I'm, 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 I, just, I need to. I need to. I need to. Need to lock in. Yeah. Get in character. Um. <clears throat> well, well, well. Why would you waste three? <laughs> <laughs> uh, he's a man of excess. <laughs> I started mine with dashes. fuck you. <laughs> a hyphenated I suppose we do have an extra passenger. Practically offered themselves to us. I never refuse guests. Themselves is one word. Well, well, well. well, well. <laughs> Find me in Neverwood. I knew it. Um, if <laughs> I'm gonna cast sending back and just say all the worst words I can think of. Like, moist. Moist. <laughs> moist. Tussy. Succulent. Moist. And then I sit down and cast Littleman's time at Tiny Hut again, just so we've got a nice little sleep. He's going to reply to your second casting. Well, he's got ten minutes before the thing goes into it. Yeah, he's got plenty so. of time. We can still receive through the... Oh, I don't actually cast it twice. I don't have any more spell slots. Oh, okay. Sorry, that, that was a joke. <laughs> you try, but... Who's just... journaling? <laughs> you just think. Think really hard. Moist. Yeah. There's no <laughs> service here. Oh, I'll do it tomorrow. <laughs> so I make the tiny hut. We've got a little sleeping... We've got a little ten-foot radius sphere dome to sleep in. And there... Did you have one more thing? I'm gonna cast Druid Craft to see what the weather's gonna be like for the next 24 hours. Nice. <laughs> what? <laughs> this is what I've before. You see clouds 
coming in offshore, which tell you that tomorrow is going to be a dreary, rainy day. Is it going to rain in the night? Uh, It's probably going to start in the very early morning. Well, well, I'm glad we have this (laughs) impenetrable barrier for now. Sorry, is my tent not good enough for you? No. Is your watch tent impenetrable <laughs> to all magic? It's not great. There's like kind of like two sticks leaning up. You can put up the tent in here if you want. All right. Good session, y'all. Thanks yeah. for going a little long. Yeah, that was fun. Davis, do you have everything written down about the brick? No, but it's in the beyond. So if you add it, it's all there. Okay. Shark. Oh, Jack. It's Shark. <laughs> Queen of darkness. She's here. Jack, would you mind sending me the text of the ability I got at the Moon Rabbit Dojo? I tried to look it up, but I couldn't find it. 